0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. All right, Jericho-holics, are you ready for part two with the most iconic figure In WWE history, are you ready to get caught up in Hulkamania today's talk is Jericho, brother? Let's get it rolling, because part two of my amazing sit-down conversation with Hulk Hogan is up today, and you're not going to be disappointed. We're talking WrestleMania 1, Andre the Giant, Macho Man, Randy Savage, Ultimate Warrior, TNA. We cover it all, and so much more, the most revealing interview with Hulk Hogan ever, all you people have been saying it i appreciate it hulk even texted me to tell me how much love he's getting from everyone on social media this is a whole new hulkster you don't want to miss part two and if you haven't heard it go back and listen to part one the following program is a podcast one.com production he's a world champion wrestler best-selling
1: author actor and lead singer of fozzy now now he's rocking the podcast world marvelous this this, this is talk is jericho talk is jericho starring and Chris Jericho.
0: Welcome to top is Jericho, the pot of thunder and rock and roll. The spell you're under. Has been broken by Chris Jericho. The remedy for boredom has arrived. The people's podcast is here. Let's go for a ride with the return of the illustrious Speewee. We 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 did Speewee part one. Uh, become an internet sensation. I believe in you. Gonna, you've you've oh, had we uh, you've had three or four Twitter followers to ad- add. Facebook's crazy. And it was your birthday yesterday. And I got asked
1: to be on a, another podcast.
0: You got asked to be hired on a podcast. Hired. Yeah, yeah hired. Yeah, they wanted you to come join the show. I blocked uh, them. But, but let's be honest. We've tried this a couple of times, and we've just been arguing. We had to stop it two times before. <laughs> 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 just arguing with each other yes. about everything. I didn't like and, the questions. Well, yeah, you didn't. Yeah, you wanted me to. You wanted me to submit a list of questions. Yeah. That I could ask you before you came on the air. Didn't do that with uh, William Shatner, who has a Hollywood Walk right. of Star fame. Mm-hmm. Didn't do it with Paul Stanley. Stanley, no, rock and Roll of Famer no. didn't do it with Hulk Hogan, uh, WWE Hall of Famer. Never had to restart. Never had to restart ever. Never, Not ever, once. No. Actually, I've been doing this. I think you. know, I've done over a hundred episodes of Talk Is Jericho. Never mm. had to restart an interview once. Yeah, I come and with demands.
1: Could. I have a lot of demands. I, I don't didn't want the free clothes you gave me today either. Yeah, I'm taking, I'm taking the light ones. I'm I'm worried about being over the weight. On the suitcase, I'm freaking out about that. I won't sleep tonight. No, at all. And
0: these and these are Meundis, who's a great sponsor of our show, and, and, and yeah. they brought me some great stuff and they got abundance of stuff. So I said, "You yeah. got to try these out," and you don't want to take them because you're scared <laughs> that they're going to make your, your suitcase yeah. too heavy. Yeah, I they,
1: I don't like that. I've packed it unbelievable to make this trip happen because I've been gone since January 24th, and I'm not a December
0: 24th. Yeah, or
1: December 24th, yeah. and I, I mean, I have shoes, I have things, I, I things right that I take. I'm not just this guy that shows up and and wears other people's clothes and uses other people's shampoo and soap and that. I have a whole, like, cosmetic bag kit.
0: So you have everything all all, all weighted out so you know that your bag weighs exactly 50 pounds.
1: Well, I'm at about probably 48 to 50 pounds. I start adding some underwear... And something, I mean, these are pounds. How much is underwear,
0: underwear weigh? What kind of underwear do you wear? <laughs> do you feel like, are you a knight in I'm shining a, armor?
1: I'm not the type of person that travels and turns his underwear you're, inside you're, out. You're, I can dude, tell you a, that. i brought enough pairs.
0: You're a nervous traveler.
1: I am a nervous traveler.
0: You wear your passport around your neck.
1: <sighs> I did that at your party last year. <laughs> that was my Canadian thing. How about when the you time- come to Tampa, they all love it. you. Yeah, well, it's like being in Canada, <laughs> spitting in a bucket. And, and uh, they come in, you know, and I'm like, hey, and I just thought well, I'll just wear my passport. I had a big Ziploc bag and I put it in it and just put a rope around my neck. Not the same one I used to going to use to hang myself when I get back to the cold. <laughs> Sounds good. Especially yeah. now that people know sure who you are Sean now. Hoover. Exactly. Yeah. Right.
0: And, and remember the time when uh, when you did fall asleep with the Undertaker's match, which we discussed before and they gave right. you the chair. Actually, they didn't give you the chair. You were, you were sitting in the front row. Right. And so when you sit in the front row at a WWE pay per view, they give automatically you automatically get it, a pay per view chair. A nice chair, too. it's part of it, yeah. and that bothered you as well. You're mad about that.
1: Yeah, I I wanted to leave it, and you said, "Dude, you can't." Like it's like the people thing, would pay a thousand dollars for this, <clears throat> right? Right, something like that. So I, but I, I didn't want to take it, and then I took it, and I had to pay I don't know thirty five dollars to bring it on as extra baggage right and i just went you know like why, why but i love it now that i have it it's one of those things i always hate everything until i have you're it pretty I hard
0: heard. to like sometimes you're hard to get along with you right. hate I've a lot that, of stuff yeah. mm-hmm. you've heard that yeah you're not happy about a lot of stuff though you get a free chair that, that bothered you or free me undies and that bothered you
1: i use the chair and i'm mm-hmm. sure i'll use me undies yeah 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 <laughs> we'll use the me undies <laughs> as well almost like great product, great great product. product.
0: so it's your 43rd birthday you got to spend that here yeah uh, here this at uh, been at a our great place. trip.
1: This is your. This is the, the one of the best trips I've had. Very relaxing, very nice. It's weather's been great. Hanging out by the pool, hating each other until we start drinking. and <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's maybe it's that's really why nice the
0: here. podcast wasn't good the first couple of times right. because we weren't we weren't drinking. Yeah, we actually
1: went and did shots.
0: Hold on, no, I'm actually up. taking a big. Game. Yeah. No, here, cheers. Di that's there. Ukrainian. Ukrainian. And it's also we're taking Ukrainian a drink right Christmas now. Right now. Mm. That's for Ukrainian Christmas. Uh, Ukrainians. Um, there's not a lot of Ukrainians in the states. Ukrainians is a real Canadian thing. I don't
1: know about that. I, I think that, really is yeah. there because
0: I never really I don't hear a lot about Ukrainians.
1: You hear Russians when we were kids growing up in Winnipeg. Everybody was Ukrainian. Of Winnipeg, tons of Ukrainians. Yeah, but Winnipeg was a real big settlement for that part winnipeg and in in York yorkton because that. that's where
0: that's where cousin chad is from right also from from yorkton <laughs> what yeah, yeah. Me, what's that Nothing. he's a good I mean, friend of ours but he's uh, from yorkton too and then toho what's the good word yeah he's from from yorkton yeah and there's They're a lot of ukrainians
1: very ukrainian compared to right. what i would have been uh, but definitely. we all grew up with yeah. like
0: with ukrainian and the
1: hunky bill and on tv the hunky bill is pierogi maker
0: now this is where we come from you look like the
1: baron <laughs> There go. All right, we come
0: from Winnipeg, Manitoba, claw. Canada, and there's actually a commercial on TV about Hunky Bill's pierogi maker. Right. And he would say, the Hunky Bill. Yeah, I'm Hunky Bill. I make a Hunky
1: Bill. And hunky is like a bad term. That's like saying a bad thing about a Ukrainian. He would call That's the best thing about the what? Ukrainians.
0: What does hunky mean? It's like honky, well, it's but like
1: bull hunk. And that was the nickname that the Ukrainians had when they came over. It was What's just a bullhunk? bad as, All the bad names, which I'm not going to ad-lib. Oh yeah, we can
0: guess those, please. But what's bullhunk? Bullhunk?
1: Bullhunk. What does that mean? I don't know what it means. Like a hunk of poop or something? No, I think it was probably because of the giant heads that we have. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I'm positive. No, it probably is. It was like, you know, all these... (laughs) That
0: didn't make any sense. Jewish
1: people making fun of big-headed Ukrainians. (laughs) (laughs) I just killed Hollywood there. (laughs)
2: You're you. saying that Honky
0: yeah. Bill. Nah, yeah. I thought that you were getting it, getting it mixed up with honky. Like he literally goes, I'm Honky Bill. Here's oh. my pierogies. No, honky, so honky is a bad thing. Right. Oh, honky, like George Jefferson. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Hey, honky. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> so, Winnipeg, a great town to grow up in, but yeah. super cold. Super cold. Uh, we co- both grew up there. Minus 30, minus yeah. 40 would be the, the average. Right um and i think you're two years younger than i am about a year and a half or something but yeah, two grades two grades yeah. right so i remember in the winter time there was nothing to do so we would grab a bottle of alcohol from somebody's parents <laughs> house and just walk to seven the l- same as today <laughs> yeah Not really going it, it, on. nothing's changed yeah. except we actually buy the bottle right. now and you'd go to Seven Eleven or McDonald's because if you walked down uh, Wordsworth Way, right. at the end of the street, there was a McDonald's and a Sev. And we would always, I would meet up at, uh, at Kevin A. Hoff's house. His dad worked for the Liquor Commission. Oh, God, yeah. He was president. President. Of,
1: for president or something yes. of the Liquor Commission of Manitoba. So he'd have just, all these bottles yeah. of
0: alcohol with just the name of whatever the spirit was right. written on a piece of sticker on a typewriter, like right. vodka. Right. <laughs> so we would grab one of those and walk down and just hang out you know, minus thirty, minus forty, and just walk there and back and drink. What would you guys do? Because we never really hung out. Because we, we didn't, didn't hang ask... out at that young yeah.
1: age. Yeah. No. I mean, it was the same thing. We would all get together. Uh, we had one of our friends. Uh, his his mother was a, a divorcee, actually, Ooh, which was hot really that was thing. some hot stuff back then. So she was out dating or whatever they do. You know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: dude, your mom's hot. That's my yeah,
1: mom, yeah, dude. Yeah. Right. And uh, we would uh, get, get really crazy, you know. We would, uh, I remember getting uh, Appetite for Destruction had just come out. Mm. I, I, don't know, I think it came out early and then it came out again or something. Is that right? It, was,
0: it wasn't a hit for about a year. Okay,
1: so we had it before it ever was a hit. Right, that's okay. for sure yeah, right. yeah. Well, Winnipeg
0: we, was always kind of a big rock town right, right you know we always like all the big shows always came always
1: to the I remember the the s- barn.
0: like Scorpions and Kiss and everybody came except for Rush and Dio right like, for some reason right but you remember the first time we met though yeah. it was uh,
1: Kiss Airband
0: it was Airband at Sansom Junior High you, Yeah, and I was doing a Wasp was Airband I Want to Be Somebody I Want to Be Somebody and you were doing Kiss Heavens on Fire yes. were you Paul Stanley in that
1: I was. I was Paul Stanley in nice. that. And I had um, a little bit of a dilemma that day because I... <laughs> you were wearing
0: a rat shirt. No, no let me just okay. Play. You can tell oh, me geez. about the dilemma in a second. But I remember meeting you in the bathroom. <laughs> we're both getting ready. I'm putting on my... my I, was, yeah. uh, I wasn't I was even Blackie Lawless. I was I was uh, I wasn't even Chris Holmes. I was Randy Piper, the right. other guitar player in Wasp. And this is some real obscure stuff. So it was the first time I met in the bathroom with Sansom. We're getting ready. And I had yeah. my Wasp stuff on. Yeah. And you came in with a rat shirt. Right.
1: Let's just also point out that Sansom kids were horrible these were not your regular you know proper rich kids area Kind of like, a get, like, like ghetto yeah like, like not a ghetto but yeah, not a right rich right. place like if you if you did something if you went up there and you failed you were just taunted ah spivak i thought you would have made it already but you're still out there in winnipeg aren't you Living live in there and no, i don't live there anymore um okay so go, go so we go meet on. you Let's in the bathroom topic and you that. got
0: your rat shirt and, then, and i was like dude you know you can't wear a rat shirt had a kiss airband.
1: You know what? Uh, you had great do you remember advice. that? Yeah, I do. I remember that. I remember that like, like that. it was yesterday. Right. Okay, so right. I had great advice. I looked up to you. It was one of those times. You know, it's happened a couple times. Do you still look up to me? Twice ever. <laughs> Not right now. No. I, I, when I look at you, I... Words like disappointment come <laughs> yeah. into my head and you know for me or for and you creep. <laughs> I think those are the things I think. So you of. see
0: me in the bathroom and you're wearing your rat t shirt <laughs> right. and what happens? I'm like why were you wearing a rat t shirt? Okay, so t-shirt?
1: I took the shirt off. I'm in the, I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, okay, so I'm gonna go shirtless. That was my whole plan. Like the whole night before I was like, what do I wear? And I, I thought, you know what, I can't do a Paul Stanley perfectly. I'm also super I'm a super lazy person. Like I often like to throw stuff out. Even with music, I will just like, just do it. Like, one take. It's done. Right. I don't want to piss around with putting too much thought into Unlike things. this
0: podcast. Right. Yeah. <laughs> ma-
1: ma- masturbate, nap, repeat has gotten in the way of many things for me. <laughs> so I didn't want to get into to having to do like, you know, it was, it was I, I obviously animalized her, no, no makeup. But still, I didn't even have a wig. I didn't have the long hair. I had a short hair. I was a bagger at Safeway, basically, <laughs> on stage with a rat t-shirt. I had the shirt off. I looked in the mirror and I had this... Acne, I used to get this acne all over my back and shoulders. The true story, I played basketball in freshman and that. And and I, people would just stand in the stands and they would see my acne and they would point and laugh. Like this is an awful school. They'd be like, zit back instead of spit back, zit back. And Grant Johnson... He would yell at me big Grant johnson always reminded me of moose from archie comics right yeah yeah right great guy sweetheart of a guy but just you know yeah, big in mother in case he's upper. listening if, yeah. if you're now, listening Grant, we yeah, love you okay now yeah. just and bury him and we love the ahead. ukrainians uh we really he just love, love you, ukrainians yeah.
0: and we love uh, a rat we're big rat fans big rat fans so, so Grant Johnson's so, a big dumb yeah idiot. so i'd be
1: playing hoops and, and johnson and i had very skinny legs i was like 165 pounds and still six feet tall six two and my legs i'm all legs like look at me right now i'm gorgeous i should get these things and <laughs> but this was bad. These were skinny... Skinny, skinny, skinny legs. Right, and, uh, and he would legs. he would go crazy legs and just point at me. I'd be shooting a foul shot. You know how nervous that is. And it's Westwood Warriors. Yeah, this place was packed. Right, this right. is legendary basketball. Sure. And I'm in, in, and my legs are wobbling. And he's like, "Do crazy legs?" He'd yell at me, you know, because I used to joke around with him, and I made everybody make fun of me. I always did. <laughs> I say, "Look at my legs. Look what I can do with them. I'm crazy legs." Now make fun of me when I play basketball, please. <laughs> me. I'm nine years old. I to be cuckolded <laughs> uh, so anyway back which, to the rat t-shirt which
0: Lon just told us what that meant yeah uh, google, yeah, yeah. It. Go- google it, if you La- don't know
1: lawn's half half lawn salary goes to it just kidding there buddy keep up we love you too Lon. Yeah. if you're okay. a friend
0: and ukrainians uh, okay, Elsie, but shout out to you we love you too
2: okay so i soon. had acne
1: so, so i decided to wear the rat shirt because i thought the entire crowd would chant zit back <laughs> I yeah, because I'm looking with this shirt off and I was, I was beautiful. Upper body,
0: beautiful. Right. Lower body. Eh, well, but you know, skinny, but it's okay. No one cared. About I, I could have back wore, then. done the
1: skinny jeans thing that all the kids are doing. I right. Could have been well, that, that was yeah. pretty
0: much back then. You wore tight jeans back then, but it was okay. If you had a big upper body, everyone was just, everyone was, it was an it was upper okay. body. It was, it was, was an upper speed body speed. business back then. It was just B. We, yeah, so <laughs> that's why you wore the rat shirt. Cause you were scared that, that you would have a, a, a zip back chant Yeah. Yeah
1: right it so back okay instead so i wear the rat shirt and you know i'm in grade seven this school goes i'm in grade, grade nine seven to grade nine yeah right um so i'm still the 1985 I'm a kid and you guys were scary you know you really were everybody this is true like people are walking around with leather gloves studded gloves tree yes horn, uh, tree cone studs the three levels yeah the like the stuff. spike studs rob Halford shit
0: rob rob shock wore them, and uh yeah, bill right. wore warm and like uh, Rob, uh, what was the guy who played guitar? Uh, Garth Kwaznitza, What was the guy who was in Nothing Pretty? Rob, something or other. Yeah, yeah. All those guys were like big studs. Like our school is a total metal right, school. Right.
1: Nunchucks, three-quarter staffs, Rumbos against hedges. People would meet in the field across from each other and they'd have these... Cool, same. So someone carried and...
0: a three-quarter staff to school? And nunchucks. I have nunchucks. I know you have nunchucks. You're actually really good at nunchucks. I'm really good at it Like nunchucks. that's not even a joke. How'd you get good at nunchucks?
1: I needed to meet girls. Was, uh, <laughs> would you
0: practice in front of a mirror?
1: Uh, a friend of mine, uh, you probably know the um, he John Wangle. He, nah. ma- he made them. Oh, okay, this is this will get him busted. Nice guy. I love my He didn't actually make illegal weapons.
0: <laughs> oh, so he made them.
1: <laughs> so he made them for me, and I used to wear a bucket on my head while I practiced them. And then this guy I know, I told him, and he nicknamed me Buckethead. And they were he was chanting Buckethead all the time at me. It was it was embarrassing. And now that
0: but, bastard who used to be in Guns and Roses stole that gimmick too. Right. But with
1: the rat shirt on, uh, people did stand up and laugh and point at me. And it was oh awful. really? So that, that's the way so really, my own. So, went so down. you went on stage for the sure, airband. Look, nothing like Paul Stanley, wearing nothing. a rat shirt, Levi 501s. You know the real you know, tight ones. Yeah. That's what Paul said. Was <laughs> And boat shoes.
0: <laughs> so they were actually laughing at you. Yeah, it was awful. It was wow. Really so you should listen to me, man. As you, as you I see. You know, and we went up there and you know what happened, dude? we Played the Wasp airband and we got to go on switchback with Lori Mustard. Oh, that... So we got on TV with our airband. Yeah. If you would have listened, you could have got on too. Yeah,
1: I, I was already worried when I signed up for the airband that I might be on switchback and I had like diarrhea for a week. I couldn't even imagine having to go on that show. Even this is killing me right now. This is the most artificial thing that I've ever done in my life. I swear. If it wasn't to benefit the Ukrainians the that were stranded on the island yeah. of Yaborsky. <laughs> <laughs> so they have Schmenskis and
0: and drinking a uh, borscht yeah uh so uh so oh, to, to, f- to finish off it was your 43rd birthday yesterday mm. uh you, you had a, a great day a wonderful. lot of people on facebook commented you beat last year's record i did i count facebook them birthdays. i'm yeah. insane yeah okay. it's
1: true i do count them and uh, i got up to about i don't know in between 95 and 97 or 8 i, I haven't really done the final count
0: what'd you get last year
1: Probably about seventy five. Wow. Which so you, was a big thing. Okay, so, so you have more yeah. of this than last year. I've been actually um, sending texts to my buddy Tyler going eighty three. 86, 88, and he still doesn't get it. He's like, "What's what, why do you keep giving me numbers? Just keep wishing me happy yeah, birthday." But I think he, he'll he'll figure it out. So okay, anyway. so so it was a great day. You bounces. got you got He's, you got, he's also in nuts.
0: You got, and, and we love Tyler too. Yeah. And I'm sure he'll be listening. Yeah. Uh, we got over <laughs> uh, ninety five happy birthday views. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to have uh, a nice dinner last night, and we got we got you got to meet Paul Stanley, and Gene Simmons, two rock and roll hall of famers. yesterday. I mean, that's right. pretty cool, right? It was, it was very
1: cool. Like when we walked into the restaurant, and Paul and, and Bruce sitting there with the other owners of the of the business and and uh, and we come up and yeah and paul was super cool he was he was really sweet and nice and he had really big hands it's a big handed musician man. hands yeah yeah He yeah, looks good sure. too though man he looks great he really does i yeah. remember
0: commenting on his hair i said he oh, you cut yeah. your bangs it looks good and he was like huh and then he, yeah, like, yeah. he flicked his hair back but he was like i don't think people probably guys don't compliment other guys in their hair but we'd compliment each other yeah, our hair." In the, yeah. you finally get to meet gene simmons <laughs> Um, which was great because mm-hmm. Jean wanted, uh, actually some fan wanted to take a picture of me and Jean and And her. funny,
1: that fan is a friend of ours from, uh, from Hollywood, actually, a friend of the, you and I know Rika, that's her friend. That's Oh the yeah, 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 right right, 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 So that, that, these texts yeah. are coming in later and I didn't realize that, but anyway, yeah, Jean see, says, oh, he says to her, he goes, uh, he goes something like, oh, you're my daughter and I'm What'd your you daddy like this, oh, this is your uncle, he says, and then he gives us all a group hug group together hug. and squeezes us. And then I look at Gene, and I'm thinking, oh, he's pretty cool. And I'm smiling and looking at him, and I'm not, you know.
0: You're not really – you weren't really intimidated, or were you intimidated? No,
1: not at all. No, okay. no, no. I, with Paul, I was when I first sat down because it was kind of like you guys were just you and across me the and, table, yeah. and I have a hard time hearing anyway. Yeah. And I'm like, how do I even engage in a conversation? I didn't want to be lawn. Nothing against him. Great guy. I runs a car <laughs> dealership. <laughs> wonderful person. Great ex Great Pardini, people. owner. people. Um, you know, no, great guy. Uh, and uh, – <laughs> And I didn't want to, I didn't, you know, so I, at first it was, yeah, with Gene, I was smiling. I was like, you know what? And he's looking at me and you can tell we're like, this is cut from the same cloth, me and Gene Simmons.
0: Right, right. Of course. He wouldn't tell. be as
1: picky on a radio. Interview. He
0: wouldn't. He wouldn't have to start over three times. But, so but- so
1: he's, I say to him and all the confidence the world, I said, it's my birthday today. I look at him
0: and he looks at you and gets this really cheesy smile and goes, it's your birthday. I don't
1: give a shit. Exactly. <laughs> and then says, just kidding. And steps one step. Puts out his tongue, and I open my mouth.
0: He grabs the back of your head. Yeah,
1: grabs the back of my head. I open my mouth. He sticks his tongue in. It goes in half an inch, maybe even an inch. I'm letting
0: this happen. Just the tip,
1: right? Because I'm okay with that. Don't judge me. I'm just. I'm into the tongue in the mouth. <laughs> for who, no matter whose it is,
0: <laughs> guy or girl. Exactly. Especially Gene Simmons, Especially Gene Simmons. It's a hell of a tongue, right?
1: So then I, I let it go to where I could almost feel it in there, and then I backed off, right, and gave it the old Ugh, like I just smelled a fart kind of you know thing. <laughs> and, but he, and the, but he seemed to do the same thing. But
0: he won. He won that. Part, that he kind of won, but then, but then uh, I, I think overall it was, it was a good experience. And, and the best of all too was when uh, you took another picture, and Paul Stanley, uh, you said it's my birthday, and Paul said oh, that's an impressive looking beard for an eighteen year old. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's so, yeah, still, he's got great. You had Paul and Gene giving right. you kind of like verbal, like, yeah. hey, man, we think you're fun. cool. So It was fun. We they took some good pictures think with think you're them cool, and, and, yeah. and, and, and I still don't. But hey, it's good yeah. to have you. Well, that's okay. Good to see you. You
1: looked good, though. You looked really good that day, like yesterday, on oh, birthday day. It was, seemed like it was kind of a weird thing because it was more like your birthday. You got a lot of attention there. I did, the people, yeah. A lot of the, the nice things. You know, <clears throat> I sat there by myself a lot. There were some army vets. I'd wave at them occasionally. They thought I was somebody. They were too old to know that I wasn't right. So I'm just a regular guy. Nobody special.
0: Final Los thing. Angeles. <laughs> Final thing. What yeah. happens when uh, when you Google the name uh, Spiwi? You did this once. Oh
1: yeah, I do this every day. <laughs> once? Are you kidding me? I have fruit flies that I name at home now. I'm completely nuts. Um, yeah, I, I Google the name and-, and and lots of stuff that you and I come up. But there's one in particular that comes up always in the top five, always. And it says, who is this guy named Speewey that Chris Jericho tweets so much about? And the answer is, nobody special, just a regular guy. (laughs)
2: Los
1: Angeles, I think. That's the only thing cool about it. It's like, oh, I live in LA. Just a regular person. (laughs) There you You go, guys. At least I got good weather. By the way, I go home tomorrow to like tundra, freezing cold. (laughs) Thank God for that. Speewey, ladies um, and gentlemen. He's a regular guy and And nobody special.
0: (laughs) Ran his course. All right, thanks to my best friend, Speewey. He's quite a character. Did you like him? Hit me up at TalkIsJericho and let me know. Maybe I'll have him on more. It's up to you. He's at Speewey on the Twitter. Help him get uh, more uh, likes, more followers. He got over 100 Facebook happy birthdays. Maybe reach out and wish him happy birthday as well. Belated birthday, better than nothing. He's at Instagram, at Speewey again. Also talking about, again, I got the most iconic figure in wrestling history I got the immortal Hulk Hogan part two is today he's got plenty of stories about WrestleMania 1 WrestleMania 3 Andre the Giant and he explains how he really ended up out in the ring with Stone Cold and the Rock for the start of last year's WrestleMania 30 we'll talk about the Hulkster helmet remember that that's obscure we'll talk about his relationship with Macho Man Randy Savage he even talks about his last conversation with the ultimate warrior which took place at WrestleMania Mania last year. It's heartwarming. It will bring a tear to your eye. Another whole hour with the Hulkster is coming up. People are saying this is the best Hulk Hogan interview they've ever heard. It's a whole new side of the Hulkster, and I'm so excited for you to hear part two. Also, excited for the great debate. Pritchard versus Bischoff debating the Monday Night Wars with yours truly, Y2J as the moderator. You can still get your tickets at rfvideo.com I will be moderating the open forum debate January 25th in Philadelphia, at Dave and Busters on Columbus Avenue. It starts at 1pm so you can come check out this monumental first time ever debate. Still make it to the Royal Rumble afterwards or watch the Royal Rumble afterwards if you already have your tickets for that. Plus if you come early at 10 a.m. there's a special vip meet and greet with me y2j with eric bischoff with bruce pritchard this is the place to be in philadelphia in january january 25th dave and busters on columbus avenue starts at 10 the great debate starts at one get your tickets now at rfvideo.com i'm telling you it's going to be one for the ages it's going to be a night you'll never ever forget and before We go any further before we get to Hulk Hogan. I want to thank you guys. A big thank you for listening to this show and for doing your online shopping through my Amazon links. It's the easiest way to support talk is Jericho. Just go to podcast one.com. Click on the keep our podcast free banner at the top of the page. eh? Then hit the talk is Jericho button. It's the easiest way to support the show because every time you use one of my Amazon links, Amazon kicks back a couple bucks to the show to help us cover production costs. I got links for Amazon USA, Amazon UK, Amazon Canada, A. You get all kinds of cool stuff on Amazon. Hulk Hogan t-shirts and movies. A copy of his book, My Life Outside the Ring. You get the new Fozzie record, Do You Want to Start a War? With the title track, Do You Want to Start a War? Hitting radio stations all across the nation already. We've got dozens of ads for this uh, this great track before uh, Christmas. And we've got a dozen more after Christmas. It's going to be a second hit from this record, Do You Want to Start a War? New book, my third New York Times bestseller, the best in the world at what I have no idea. You could pick that up as well. I just saw the cover for the uh, paperback version that comes out next October. So much cool things. Listen, you buy whatever you want, whatever you need. My son, Ash, today, Ash the Fish Expert, was just buying a bunch of Star Wars dolls today. He went through the Amazon link. You can get whatever you want, and the truth about using my Amazon links is this. You can buy whatever you want to. won't cost you anything extra. No hidden fees or extra challenges. So if you happen to be doing some online shopping, do it through my Amazon link links help out this show in the process you go to podcast1.com you click on the keep our podcast free banner at the top of the page eh? then you hit the talk is Jericho button you bookmark it so you can get to those links in one easy click All right, Y2J WWE winter tour starts tomorrow night in Montgomery Alabama listen I'm doing a select handful of dates and they're the only ones I'm doing no TVs no pay-per-views only house shows only live events this is the last chance you'll get to see me in the ring for a while I will not be back in the WWE for I have no idea exactly when I'll be back. The dates are as follows tomorrow night in Montgomery, uh, Sunday in uh, Mobile, Alabama 16 St. Louis, January 17 Las Vegas where after the show you can come to Body English at the Hard Rock Uh, you can come check me out. I'll be hosting an after show party at Body English in Las Vegas at the Hard Rock Casino. Come on down and check that out in uh, January 17th 18th I'll be in Houston with the WWE 23 Trenton, New Jersey 24 East Rutherford 25 of course is the Great debate in Philly, Uh, January 31st, Edmonton, February 1st, Calgary. I got the 7th in Jacksonville, 8th in Canton, Ohio, 14th in Tampa, Florida. Come bring your honey for Valentine's Day. 15th, Fort Myers, 27th, MSG in New York City, 28th in Toronto, and March 1st in Buffalo, New York. Those are the last dates that you'll see me playing. Uh, see me performing see me wrestling in the WWE for a while so come on down hang out with me and also if you live in the Europe UK Ireland Cinderblock Party World Tour continues 2015 with the Dirty Youth March 4th in Belfast 5 Cork 6 Dublin 7 Nottingham 8 Wolverhampton 9 Manchester 10 Glasgow Scotland 11 London 12 Bristol 13 Exeter, Exeter 14 Southampton 15 Brighton then we head over to mainland Europe 17 Paris 18 Pertel in Switzerland 19 Munich Germany 20 Mannheim 21st Bochum All ticket information and VIP packages available at FozzyRock.com. If you love Fozzy, if you haven't heard us yet, if you have heard us yet, this is going to be a monumental tour. I can't wait for you guys to come see it. All right, part two with Hulk Hogan. All right, there are some seriously talented luchadores in AEW, and not all of them speak English, which can make putting together matches a little challenging sometimes. That's why I signed up for Rosetta Stone. I'm learning Spanish, amigos, eh, amigas. See, already learning. Haha, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. You don't even have to learn Spanish, though, because Rosetta Stone has 25 languages, including French, German, Korean, Arabic, and Polish, and Japanese. That's what I'm going to do next. I spent a lot of time in Japan, and I still work with a lot of Japanese wrestlers at AEW like Takeshita, so having a better handle on the language will definitely show in the ring. Communication is key, and learning Spanish on Rosetta Stone has been so fun and easy, They've got this true accent feature that gives you feedback on how well you're pronouncing words, sort of like having a personal trainer for your accent. I'm using the app, but you can also do the lessons on desktop or laptop. I also like that I can download the lessons and do them offline, which is perfect for a plane. I can sit there on a flight and work on my Espanol. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started Hawk is, Hawk is, Hawk is Jericho. All right, sitting here with Hulk Hogan. Now, Hulk, when you first came into the WWF, were you wrestling mostly in the Northeast? Or when you came in, is
3: that when they went national? It mm-hmm. was pretty quick because the first thing we did was go in Vern. mm mm-hmm. You know? And like I said, oh, we yeah. one month was yeah. WWE, the next month is WWF. No, we made some quick moves because Vince had some major stroke and I had some stroke. And a lot of the boys were my friends, you know. Mm-hmm. So I could call guys up and hey, brother. Because a lot of you that know? crew went with you. Yeah, man. I pulled Mean Gene yeah. right away. I pulled Heenan, Heenan with me. I pulled David Schultz, who Vince Sr. loved. Mm-hmm. Vince Sr. loved Dr. D. David Schultz. And David just was an idiot, mm-hmm. you know. He could have still been there mm-hmm. working, you know, like he the guys something. that are still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it just was one of those things that, you know, I just – you know calling everybody you know from, they did a hold of jimmy and mm-hmm. macho and everything they, they all came in you know
0: how closely did you work with vince at that point in
3: time um we lived down the street from each other mm-hmm. you know he was in greenwich and i was in stanford you know we had the whole training thing going and the harley riding thing going and <laughs> um i was in the office most of the time with him mm-hmm. you know and then i'd haul asked to Laguardia or you know make the towns yeah yeah and you know it was uh it was a lot of time. I mean, I'd leave in the morning and, and tell my wife, "When I'll be home in a couple of hours. You know, twelve hours later I'd still be at the office with Vince. You know. <laughs> Hanging out, yeah.
0: Going over stuff. Was there somebody else there too? Was there like yeah. some yeah. booking? Like yeah, Patterson or... was
3: kinda like there, but Patterson just ah, ah, says, I give up. You and Vince, figure yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah. You that's go how, talk to him. He's still like That's how it that. used to be. Yeah. He's you still know? like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, Patterson at the time was Vince Senior's guy. Mm-hmm. And Vince's guy too. But because me and Vince were really clicking, Pat would step out because of the Hulkamania, working the Gimmick, and da-da-da-da-da. You know, so Pat you know, gracefully let me find my way. Mm-hmm. You know, and when I'd leave, I don't know what was said, but you know, Pat was always there and very supportive. I've been friends with Pat forever.
0: Very smart, too. Yeah. I learned everything I knew from Vince from yeah. and Pat, more
3: specifically how to put together yeah. a match. You know, yeah. That was
0: still the genius for yeah. me the jedi
3: and barnett was there too now what's the barnett story oh the barnett story let's bring it up now okay
0: we'll go back to vince we're all over the place but i got it i'm under control
3: that's okay the barnett story was um he was always in the office and whenever he'd see me instead of calling me whole thing oh my god sterling you're just amazing i can't (laughs) believe you still have all your hair i said jim that's because you're not tall enough to see the top of my head (laughs) oh my god sterling so me and vince would be in the office said, vince follow me down the hall i hide outside Barnett's door, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'd come, hey, Jim Z, what's up, brother? Oh, my God. Flipping the time. Just another day, the was just, Jim, you know what? It's fucking Vince. I'm so tired of Vince's crap. If we could just get rid of Vince, you and I <laughs> could rule the world, Jim, with this Hulkmania thing and your genius. and. Pro- oh, my God, that Vince, he's such a pain in my ass. I'll Vince. And then Vince would come around the corner. Oh, fuck you, Hogan. You're such an ass. Can I cuss <laughs> on this thing? thing? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, You're such you an asshole, oh, Hogan. I'll never trust you again, Hogan. I'd do it a week later. He'd fall for it again. <laughs> and I'd have Vince hide outside the door. But Barnett was so much fun to screw with. Me and Vince used to die laughing, you know. <laughs> and we'd just screw with him all the time. He was so easy.
0: <laughs> but he was part of the inner circle at that point. Oh, Jack. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jimsy
3: was cool, man. Yeah. Jim's, Jim was real. So, and he had stroke, bro. He had oh, around his, the world, yeah, didn't man. he? Yeah. He, was, he was a trip, man. I yeah. had no idea until I started working with Australia, him. Australia, Hawaii, yeah. all to the south. Yeah. He was
2: a
0: big, big temple for a while. Tell us about um, the, the concept of the first WrestleMania. And I know it was a huge gamble, or at least, like I said, from Wrestling War, about how the, the future of the company was riding on this one show. It was either going to make it or break it, literally.
3: Yeah, this, this is the point where, you know, I just couldn't see the force... Through the trees? Yeah, through mm-hmm. the trees. It, it was the point where this is all Vince. You know, and I was real good at being Hulk Hogan, real good at selling out buildings and tearing the shirts. And I was real good at even if I beat somebody, I figured out how to make them better after doing the job than mm-hmm. they were before they wrestled me so I could wrestle them again and again and again. And you know, even like with Vern, I used to get a ton of heat because I said, Vern, let me put this guy over. I can draw my money. Like, oh, you don't have to do that. You can draw money with him anyway. And I said, I'm getting so much heat from the guys, but that's the way Vern was. That's the way Vince was, you know. It was like for the first three, four years, you know, you got to stay strong. And lost, basically, right? No, and it just was getting to the point where, man, if I could just have somebody put their foot on the rope, even if I can't (laughs) do it clean in the middle, just put their foot on the rope, the place would sell out the next time. Oh, it's going to sell it anyway. And Vince was right. Mm -hmm. He really was. He was more worried about the merchandise and the toys and all that stuff because – when I first went up there selling t shirts, they didn't have any merchandise. They weren't even selling mm. merchandise. You know, when I asked about playing music in the garden, no, we're not playing music. I mean entrance
0: music? Yeah. Really? Yeah.
3: I want to play The Eye of the Tiger. Wow. You know, so back then, that They never had anybody. No. They never had any music. No. Wow. So, you know, when this WrestleMania one came along, I was real good with the whole thing, but I didn't even see this vision Vince saw. Mm-hmm. So when they say, oh, it was Hogan and Vince that both helped. No, bro, it was Vince. I didn't get it, man. I didn't know where he was going. I didn't know he was rolling the dice like that. You as know? far as putting
0: the whole company's fortune on no, the line? No, I
3: didn't. Man. And even in the middle of it, I didn't realize, you know.
0: What was was the, um, the uh, relationship with Cyndi Lauper... Uh, I guess to an extent, too, Mr. T. Is that what took it over the top at that point in time? Because, it's, it's, you know, now it's funny to think, oh, Cindy Lauper and Mr. T. But at the time, <clears throat> Cindy Lauper was like Taylor Swift, and Mr. T was like you yeah. know, the, the biggest action hero we can think of, you know?
3: Yeah, that, that's kind of like another foggy thing that happened mm-hmm. because um, uh, Lou Albano did the video, mm-hmm. you know? With Cindy at Girls. And Swift. that was like a one-off thing. He went and did that, and I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. how did that happen? <laughs> I'd have been fired for doing that. <laughs> you were, yeah, like yeah, yeah, for, for doing something slogan, like that. Yeah. But you know, fast forward three or four years later, Lou Albano does that, and uh, all of a sudden, I'm working out at the gym in Stanford, and Dave Wolf walks in, Cindy Opera's boyfriend. We start talking, and I recognize him. Was ah man, I'd love to get in wrestling. I'd love to wrestle that manager, Lou Albano. I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> and then I told Vince, Vince, I think we get one on the hook here. Hmm. This is Cindy Crawford's boyfriend wants to do something wrestling with Albano and apparently he must have been around Albano on the video shoot because he was Cindy Lauper's manager and figured out Lou was a nice guy
2: mm-hmm.
3: and he shouldn't be afraid of wrestlers like I used to be and maybe <laughs> there's something there and I said man I said Vince I think this whole thing might work so that, that's it's kind of foggy but that's kind of like my memory of Talking to Vince about the manager and how he hooked Cindy and got the whole thing going. I don't have a clue. But That put
0: a lot of focus onto you know, the WWE, like we mentioned. Or sorry, WWF, and that meant, like we mentioned being on Saturday Night live. And I remember so much MTV focus on yeah. Cindy Lopper's involved with this, and she's going to be at WrestleMania, and you know, right. it was such a big
3: deal. Right, At right. the time, yeah, but I mean that was all Vince. I mean I just don't remember how he put those pieces together. But I said here's the lead, mm-hmm. and this is what I know. And what, what you do know. you
0: remember about that night about the first WrestleMania?
3: Oh my God, um,
0: was it a pressure-filled night? Yeah, was it, it, just it was. It was a tough night, night because
3: it was, you know, first off, Mister T started getting sketchy. You know, as far as well, if you if you rewind back, Orndoff and Piper mm-hmm. did not want an actor in the ring. So- Piper was you know ma- trying to maintain this tough guy image, you know, mm-hmm. toughest guy mentality. in the world, yeah. And Orndoff was just a redneck, you know, <laughs> and they didn't want this actor. You know, and I knew Mr. T was cool, and I knew his agent, my agent.
0: You always understood the show business aspect of wrestling too, and that whole the character. Yeah,
3: and so Vince, you know, was worried about them hurting Mr. T and hurting him bad. And I said, guys, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> we need to get through this, and you know, and so it was a constant struggle. Why should we sell for him? Why should we do this? I said, you know, I just didn't. You know, it was that—that that was the tough part. So Mr. T. Even though we worked out with him a couple times, he was an amateur wrestler in high school, so we knew the fireman's was carrying the takedowns and
2: mm-hmm. single
3: leg and going behind. And so he he had the mechanics, you know. And I said, don't think about wrestling. Think about this as like you are doing the A-team. You're acting mm-hmm. when you're on the apron. Don't think of, get all excited about wrestling. Just think that we're acting. We're all friends and mm-hmm. trying to get him to calm down. So the workouts weren't that great, but I did what, I really never wanted to do was actually plan a match out mm-hmm. from A to the Z mm-hmm. with him, you know. And as we're getting closer to this thing, I'm staying, you know, in Stanford. and Mr. T's staying at the Helmsley Palace in New York, this high-end restaurant. I went to eat dinner with him. They wouldn't even let me to the place where so they didn't have a suit and tie on. <laughs> a tie and a do-rag. Yeah, whatever. And I didn't have a tie. But uh, I don't think I was wearing a do-rag back there I still okay, had a little still, hair left. Still some hair there. <laughs> but anyway, i um, make a long story short. Three three days before the WrestleMania, he disappears.
2: Hmm. I
3: said, Peter Young, mm-hmm. my agent, Mr. T Z, where's Tia? Oh, he's uh, he's he's, he's all stressed out. He's just, he's just, he'll be back. I said, okay, hmm. let's talk in the morning. Where's Mr. Tia? Oh, he's sleeping in the park with some homeless people. I what? said, where in the park? Oh, he told me not to tell anybody. This is what Peter Young's telling me. Hmm. So all of a sudden you know we had a couple things happen the night before we had some appearances there were Richard Belzer said there were 50 kids in wheelchairs waiting for us so I told Peter that I said you tell Mr. T I'm gonna go see 50 kids in wheelchairs at the Richard Belzer so all of a sudden T shows up we mm-hmm. go there I had that little blow off with Richard Belzer it didn't turn out too well <laughs> yeah cost <laughs> you some money <laughs> yeah yeah I did and so we go back to the hotel room. Mister T's in a great mood. I told him you're the champion of the world. I told him, "I'm not up fool." I told him, "Not the best." You, you're the wheels here Okay, okay, T. See you in the morning. So anyway, I go to the garden early, like supposed to. And here we go, man. It's four, five, six o'clock. No tea. Ooh. All of a sudden, seven o'clock. Match is supposed to start at seven thirty. All of a sudden, Vince comes blowing in the room. I mean, he goes, "Mister T's getting ready to leave." I said, "What?" They said, yeah, you know where you come up, that round thing in the yes, garden? In the he was out. at the first stop, and he must have brought 20 or 30 people with him, you know. And he's leaving. I said, he, Vince goes, you got to go down there. I said, don't worry, I got it. I went down there. They won't let me in. They won't let my friends in. He, he had an entourage with him. I said, everybody gets in. No problem. Yeah. Let's go. So, you know, before because if he had backed out of the garden, I don't know where he would have went. I'd have never found him. It had been, been over. It had been over.
0: And the garden is stiff to get into too yeah i can totally
3: see that yeah Yeah. and so they blocked him and i got everybody in you know vince however vince did it he took care of everybody i got mr t in that room i wouldn't let him out of my eyes (laughs) you know until it was time to go to the ring and uh we went to the ring and if you ever watched the match as soon as he fired and carried piper he was totally blown sky high (laughs) totally blown we got through the match yeah, of the match, we went to raise our hands. He couldn't even raise his hand. He was like, <clears throat> but we got through it. But that was the big thing about that wrestling one was T was trying to backpedal on us. Trying to get out, and yeah. Get out. He came to the building, but then something scared him off. He was just well, looking for have, an excuse to get out of there.
0: And don't think that it might not have been nerves, too, because think about yeah. that. I mean, I've seen that a few times when sports guys get involved or actors you act you're in front of your crew and you
3: take one and take two to three. Yeah. be
0: in front of twenty thousand people man
3: i almost did that today with you <laughs> i was ran away i got nervous i was gonna drive it was home it's
0: me i was i was gonna follow you, <laughs> I, had you I had you staked out man <laughs> Poor jimmy was waiting for the, in the rain for me with his, with his uh, umbrella i got her early so i was sitting in the car hanging around he was standing out there waiting for me the, even know he's him.
3: got the double freezing shine on look
2: that's
0: <laughs> <He does>, man <laughs> so was was there kind of some um maybe the next day or over the next week kind of waiting to see like what is what's the buy rate what are the numbers you know how did we do how do we do because that like like i said we were vince was saying like this is make or break if we don't make money on this the company's done did you have any input in that or any knowledge of that or
3: well the next day we had a couple glitches you know it was all closed circuit yes old school you closed know, so circuit. all of a sudden philadelphia the signal shut down for 20 minutes it almost had a riot and and that's all Coliseum. It was down for two seconds. Or- and let's
0: explain quickly. Closed circuit, which probably hardly anybody knows except for old guys like us, is you would go buy a, t- a ticket to the arena. And then you would sit in the arena and watch the, the big screens that were put up. Uh, kind of like archaic pay-per-view, but it wasn't at your house. It was at the arena. So that's It's like, like going its- to
3: a movie theater, but you're in... Exactly, a but big, you're in an arena. Yeah, a big yeah. arena with a big screen. Yeah. Right. So, so the pay-per-views, or whatever it was, not pay-per-views, but the... Uh, Closed circuit. There are a few glitches here and there, but you know, if you, you know, the overall theme was huge success, mm-hmm. you know, huge, huge success. And then, you know, we got through WrestleMania one. Then we were on fire with Muhammad Ali being the guest referee, and Mr. T and Cindy Lauper and Liberace and the Rockets and Mary Hart and Billy Martin, the manager from the Yankees, and. Just, I mean, it was. we were off and running then. Mm-hmm. And what I'm telling you, bro, everything was sold out day and night it was. I mean, I hit Philadelphia Spectrum at 1 o'clock, sold out. The garden that night sold out. <laughs> the next day, Boston Gardens at 1 o'clock sold out. That night, L.A. Forum sold out. And it was like that everywhere. Even house shows, Brantford, Artaria sold out. Maple Leaf Gardens sold out. c C&E Center, I think there's going to be 7,000 people, 74,000 people. I that mean, was crazy, yeah. It was insane. And it was like, you know, my biggest thing was, hey, brother, big food, big boot, room service can't miss room service. You know, <laughs> I got to the point where, hey, man, they're already in the building. Let's give them get the heat. Let me Hulk up. Let's go because you would go on before intermission a lot of times. Sometimes if I had yeah. to do two days, gotcha. You know, sometimes they just put me on intermission because I was just burnt because there were no Stone Cold, there was no Chris Jericho, there was no Triple H, there was no Rock. It was just you. me, yeah, for like the first fifteen years. Or not that, maybe first 10 no, for, years.
0: Yeah, for a while, a long time. Yeah. I think the thing that you were great at, too, was you were always really good with, uh, working the crowd, I mean, with the hand to the yeah. ear. and that, that was just part of uh, the Hulkster's personality. Was that Did that uh, organically evolve over time, or right off the bat, did you know, okay, I'm going to work
3: well, the I crowd? Well, start, I started figuring out in Minnesota, mm-hmm. but I also figured out that if you got hurt, you didn't make any money.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And, you know... A couple times I jumped off the top rope, Blassie had me in Japan doing knee drops off the top rope with no knee pads. My like, good God, my knee's already blown. I've been over <laughs> here a week and my knee's gone. Mm-hmm. You know, the old school thought from Matsuda was real wrestlers don't wear knee pads. Wow. That was where I came from. Wow. You know, yeah. Fred Blassie goes, same thing. Real wrestlers don't wear knee pads. So, hey, I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, but, you know, I didn't know any better. I just listened to what I was being told. And uh, what was I talking about?
0: Well, oh, we're just talking about you uh, working on the Hulkamania after-show. Oh, yeah. And yeah. And, and the thing is,
3: you know, I'd go to Japan and wrestle, how they taught me in Florida, you know, and have fun over there. Mm-hmm. And then I'd come back here, and I'd have to work a totally different gimmick. You know, because when you would go over to New Japan, I mean, the first time I went to New Japan in 77 or 78, I looked out of the curtains at the opening match, I got sick. i went, like, oh, oh, my God. You know nervous? Yeah. Yeah, Mm. and the first guy I had was Ricky Choshu, who was having his first match after getting a gold medal in the Olympics. (laughs) And I was fourth on the card, and I asked Blassie, what should I do? He goes, just go beat him up. I went, what? (laughs) He goes, yeah, just go beat him up. I go, are you serious? He goes, yeah. You think you're not wrestling? I went, no. He goes, then go beat him up. I went, okay. (laughs) Good point. You know, I mean, I get it, you know. And so I was scared to death, you know. So I found out after wrestling so many years – you know, and then figuring out the Hulk gimmick that if I wanted to make money night after night after night after night after night, and whether it was wrestling five times a week or ten times a week or flying 300 days a year or whatever it was, I said, you better figure this out, how to keep your feet on the ground. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, Jesse Ventura will take your place, orange scratching for the belt. Piper's Piper, there, if he would yeah. have done a job, I'd have loved to switch the belt <laughs> with him on. hundred times like I did Macho, but he wouldn't do a job. I couldn't, really? couldn't trust him. Hmm. And I told Piper— a month ago, I said, can you imagine how much money you would have made with me if you would just done a job, Piper? And then as soon as you had done that, I said, hey, Vince, he's cool. Now I could have dropped the belt to you. And Why, you what was the mentality of not wanting to do the st- job? I don't get it. It was that he worked himself into a shoot. He actually thought he was a tough guy. So, said, Piper, it's a work. And we, I tease him now. I text him every day. I can show you the text on the same day. <laughs> I text him every day, all these spiritual messages. <laughs> but I tease Piper, too. I said, can you imagine the millions and millions of dollars you'd made if you'd have just done one job for me, just one yeah. dude. I'd have flipped that belt to you four or five times. <laughs> I was doing those low budget movies. Yeah. you even told the story last time I
0: saw you. You had that used to have that helmet, the Hulkster helmet, yeah, fist on the top of yeah, it. Because
3: bad news, Alan wouldn't do a job for me.
0: So you got the helmet made so you would have a reason to hit them for a DQ yeah, or something. So
3: now will you go down? Bad news <laughs> if I hit you in the head with this helmet or run across the ring and headbutt you with
0: it. Oh, trying to double cross
3: me, man. Yeah, <laughs> but it was crazy, man.
0: Wow. And, that, and that's just, that's kind of how it was back in those times and back in those days, you know, it was such a real, um, like you said, no trust. They're going to try and outsmart me, outwork me.
3: Well, and, and back in the day, it was different too, because if I went to the spectrum
2: mm-hmm.
3: and Greer or Strongbow or somebody gave me a finish and it was a little kabookish, mm-hmm. i called Vince at home. i said, hey brother, you know, what's, what are we doing here next month? Mm-hmm. Let's work backwards. I don't mind doing this, but I need to know why. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we were on the phone, it was actually me and Vince on the phone whenever there was an issue and then it come down, okay, do whatever you thinks best I'm I like, thank you. Hmm. Make sure everybody's taken care of, let's just do this. They, it was it was different back then, bro. It, it wasn't like it is now.
0: I remember even when you came back, I think in two thousand and two or so and you were working with like guys like myself and maybe Angle a little bit, but I remember working with you for about five or six months. And I remember a couple about a month afterwards you're like, I can't believe how easy this is now. It's like you guys wanna work and we're working together. He said it was never like this before. No and I was like, How do you mean? You know, the like, guys would never allow me to do anything.
3: Yeah, well, you, know? y- you were my favorite to work with. Yeah, we had a great, great time. Because I them. knew the matches were going to be good. Mm-hmm. I knew you were an entertainer and I wasn't going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah. I had a bad experience with Kurt Angle. You know, because me and Kurt Angle went out there and, man, it was like. Oh, you suplexed your. No, no, fans. no. It wasn't even that. It was like first two or three times I said, bro. I said, man, what's your deal? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I didn't know, but then we got goes. Oh, Vince told me to do that to you for the first time. Ah, I'm sure I'm like, he did. Thanks, Vince. Sure. You know. Standard <laughs> sure. Vince Rib, you know. <laughs> you know?
0: But the, yeah, things were, were different back in those times. You yeah. know, I mean, speaking of someone, you mentioned that you'd worked with them earlier when you when you kind of were in the early days of senior working with Andre. Yeah. I mean obviously still one of the biggest WrestleManias of all time, three, and your match being the angle that drew so many people. Um Andre wasn't quite as agile as he was back in the days, but he still still was Andre the Giant. I mean, was he, how was that whole feud working with him, and was he into it? was he cool with it? and how was he?
3: Well, you know, there were like two Andres. Hmm. Uh, the, the early Andre and the old Andre.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: The early Andre was full of piss and vinegar, mm-hmm. who hated anybody six foot, nine, 10, 11, such so as big John Studd. You know, because he thought John Studd was trying to be the giant. Uh. I thought I was going to be as big as Andre someday, you know. Yeah. And just, I don't know if he's jealous or keeping a spot or teaching everybody a lesson or whatever it was. But I know the first seven or eight years of Andre, it was tough. I mean, it was brutal. And the worst, I mean, you know, just like he hated Randy. No baby oil. The only reason Randy's alive is because of Miss Elizabeth. Wow. But when he'd he Randy, oh, baby oil. Because, you know, Andre didn't want to get that on him. he just hit the water rinse off and go to the bar. He didn't want baby oil all over him. <laughs> so, I mean, back in the day, you know, working with Andre, you know, I just remember, and now I get it, because all of a sudden, if you're a single guy and you meet a flight attendant and you put him at ringside and you go out to wrestle Andre the Giant or Chris Jericho, you're probably going to be more aggressive and more stiff because you got a girl out there, right? <laughs> I just remember from him beating me up and just abusing me in the ring when he didn't like me. The thing that taught me the most biggest lesson of all is I brought an Eastern Airlines flight attendant to the Capital Center and just gorgeous, cute little blonde, before I was married, of course. Mm -hmm. And she was sitting at ringside, and I just remember he picked me up by those yellow trunks like a stork, you know, and my Butt crack, he T-balled me with a butt crack, and he carried me around like I was a baby. Stuck my neck on the bottom rope and tied my bottom, hit my head in the bottom two ropes, and took this big foot and was just yoking the rope up. <laughs> yeah. And if you have any idea how stiff that was in those old school rings that weren't all the same everywhere, those, ones, those old school boxing rings in the Capitol Center wow. that he yoked on it, but it wouldn't have four ropes, it only had three ropes. There was a 22-foot ring in the Capitol Center as hard as a rock. Mm-hmm. But the ropes were stiff like wires, and he yoked my neck up, and then he just used that foot, and he just violently shook the ropes with his foot, and goes, no more girlfriends, no girlfriends. <laughs> okay, I get it. I thought he broke my neck, you know. <laughs> but I got past that phase, and then uh, the whole thing went, you know, in, in Japan. It got crazy. And I think from this point on, we became friends. Vince was over there taken over for his dad mm-hmm. and he decided to change the game and from everything i understand the booking fee changed mm-hmm. from what vince senior required to what vince required and i just happen to remember that i was you know running hard with adrian adonis at the time mm-hmm. in tokyo and vince called me and he goes well you got a title match tonight you against fujinami which fujinami is a great guy yeah but he was also carl gotch's boy yeah shoot yeah. Great guy, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, I told him you're not coming back tonight. Hmm. I mean, I told him you're not ever coming back to Japan because we couldn't cut a deal. Mm-hmm. And the titles on the line, line tonight, you're on TV, do not lose the belt.
0: This is the WWF title? Yes. So you guys went over there kind of as a joint show or something like no,
3: that? No, we went over because I was booked over there, and Vince just happened to come with me. Because gotcha. he wanted to talk to Sagaguchi and Noki. So you're working for And New renegotiate, Japan. yeah. I got gotcha. you. Renegotiate, but just happened to be i hate you,
0: but you're the I'm, wf champion yeah okay
3: and i'm on tv right. and all of a sudden you know it's like okay red light fever everything's cool just don't lose the belt so peter takahashi the main event referee goes oh it's on tonight we do fujinami do this that another one two kick out and then another close false finish one two two and a half and you barely kick out and so danny hodge come here brother <laughs> so i brought danny hodge in. i said you are not refereeing the match tonight danny hodge is wow so I told Danny, I said, here's the deal, bro. I don't know what's going to happen out here, but if something happens, I get hooked or I get in trouble, you get close enough where I can grab you.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, because the last thing I want is to get, you know, double, pinned, crossed, yeah. double cross, screw job, get yeah. or get stretched, you get hooked where I, I got, you know, in a real shoot yeah, hole, yeah, yeah. you know. So I said, if I get in trouble, you know, you get close enough where I can grab you, you know, this party will end yes. if you get close enough where I can grab you so i think andre knew what was going on and he kind of heard what had happened over there and from that point on his attitude changed towards me you know in a in a better way In a better way yeah he thought you were yeah cool because he or... knew i was going to do whatever i had to do not to lose the belt yeah. gotcha <laughs> and it, everything changed after that day hmm. he started being nice to me and you're here with me and drink all day okay <laughs> you know it just it got it got much better after that little thing. it was
0: such a great angle though i still i still remember to this day the biggest thing for me, and it, was, and it wasn't planned, was, was when he pulled your shirt off, pulled your cross off, yeah. scratched your chest, yeah. and there was blood coming down your chest. It's yeah. like, oh, like that just made it so much more real. It was such an amazing angle. Andre, the beloved hero,
3: turning on the other beloved If you ever hero. want to watch that tape again, uh-huh. and you'll notice it because I'm going to tell you, uh-huh. When he ripped my shirt off, I didn't know the cross was going to be ripped off, but I wanted to cry, and I didn't huh. know if I could. If you see me standing there with my finger out like this, I had Vicks Vapor Rub on my finger. I was going to rub it in my eyes. No. Yeah, but if you ever watch the tape, you'll see me standing there with my index finger out like an idiot. You know, <laughs> you know it's Did just totally cry? unnatural. No, I didn't. Oh, okay. I didn't have to. I was bleeding. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. You know, Piper was interviewing me. It worked. It know? was so good. Yeah, but if you ever see it again, you'll see they that. It so
0: looks the, for the finger.
3: there is anger. And,
0: the, and led to the biggest house, you know, the, the 93,000 yeah. people. And how was the was the match that night? It's, I mean, it's a classic, but how
3: was it for you putting it together? It was cool. It was a situation where, you know, Andre was in trouble with his mm-hmm. back. And, uh, you know, Vince came to my room. Here we go once again. Vince came to my room. I don't know if he was Kate and Andre, or he wanted to talk to Andre, but... You know, he goes, what are we going to do out there? So we had a big yellow legal pad. Mm-hmm. And I hate doing the Diamond Dallas page giving. You know? And I love <laughs> Diamond. Move, but yeah, yeah but I, I, Vince goes, what are we going to do out there? I said, okay, argue, push, have him throw the punch, block, one, two, three, pick him up, fall backwards. Mm-hmm. Kick out, one, two. Andre can't stand up, so he'll be close to the ropes, he can pull himself off the ropes. Slam, one. Second slam, stuff in my back. I wrote everything out completely. From A to the Z. I wrote everything out in this legal pad, which was a standard Hulk Hogan plan A match. Because <laughs> you know, I had A, B, and C. Did D, you really? D if I needed to. Really? Yeah, I mean, you know, standard. Sure, If course. you wanted to draw once or twice or three or four times. Sometimes I had to work with four guys. Or like three times around the garden with yeah. watch. So I'd make it plan A, B, C, D, and then just rearrange the players and what everybody <laughs> did. Yeah. But the plan A match was a standard match. And Vince wrote it completely out. He gave it to Andre. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, he, I don't know if he, I don't know what he, did. I don't know if he gave it to Andre to talk to Andre. But after this Vince, this or this, he goes, "Oh, you'll be okay." Now see, I to this day don't know if Vince or Andre were ribbing me. You know,
0: as far as you writing it yeah. out,
3: no, not writing out. Who's going over? Oh, they never told you before. No. How, how can it not be you? I don't know. Okay. Well, I mean, he didn't have to put me over. It'd yeah. have been fine doing a job for him.
0: I guess it's Andre the Giant too, Yeah, brother, he's going to put you over. What are you going to do? Yeah, that?
3: so. That afternoon, I saw Vince that morning. So well, you'll be fine. You'll be, you know, what is it? Yeah, is it, win- it yeah. up or down? Yeah, just let me know. Oh, well, you'll be fine. Don't worry. I'm still working on it. So about 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon in the building, I said, Vince, what is up? You know, wh- mm-hmm. what are we doing here? I think you need to go talk to Andre. Now, I don't know if they're ribbing me or working me. Or so I go sit next to Andre, who's in a ton of pain, two quarts of Crown Royal, you know?
0: before the match oh of course and you said he couldn't even stand up he had to use the ropes to help well, his him. back
3: was bad gotcha. it wasn't from drinking it no no, just, no, I, no i got you but i'm yeah, saying he you know, was in yeah. bad physical condition yeah, his back yeah. was bad two quarts wow that was nothing it <laughs> was nothing but anyway you know I was sitting there with him and i said andre what are we doing don't worry okay a couple hours later you know Give me drink whenever he's not looking. I'm dumping him, bro. Because mm-hmm. I, will never make it to the ring if I sit here. And we're there at noon, and we probably don't go on until eight. So nine, trying to 10 ring, like,
0: work with him, drink yeah, with him, yeah. Yeah.
3: So there's no way. And so you know, I just kind of moderate. And don't worry, don't worry. So um, we get ready to go to the ring, and Andre goes right before we go to the ring. Goes, don't worry, I'll take care of you. And I didn't know what that really meant.
2: Hmm.
3: You know. So we got in the ring. And everything I wrote out, he did. Hmm. I mean, it was like he memorized it. Every single thing we—I wish we had that yellow legal pad. No, oh, yeah. Every single thing we wrote in that yellow legal pad was pretty much to the T. It blew my mind. Even when I fell backwards and I was crawling, he picked me up and slammed me once. I go, "All I just gonna slam me again and step in my back." He slammed me again and stepped in my back. I went, Ooh, hmm. you know, Vince got to him. You know, so hmm. we got in there and halfway through the match, you know, he went. No, it wasn't half of the match. It was towards the end of the match. We're going along not knowing what's going to happen. I didn't know if where we're at. And, and towards the end of the match, he goes, slam. You know, I don't know if you're going to fall on top of me or what, but he hooked my neck, mm-hmm. put his hand on my thigh, and right when I had him up and turned him, he went, leg drop. And I slammed him, you know, wow. went and dropped a leg, hit the ropes, drop leg on him because <laughs> he was so big. You know, yeah, it was just yeah. weird. It go, and he man? didn't kick out
0: were you expecting him to yeah
3: yeah Mm -hmm. and i didn't even stand up i just rolled off him and put my hand up and i knew what he did for me Mm -hmm. you know but that's what he did to me he just why why why
0: do you think that he didn't want to tell you dude i don't know man do you think he was still trying to decide for himself maybe or i don't know i don't know if he
3: wanted to see if the match was gonna work or Mm -hmm. i don't know amazing i don't know but between andre and vince it's always been like that you know it's just like wrestlemania 30 where i just went on called the silver dome superdome <laughs> yeah, Super yeah, yeah i was at the go you know you go to the gorilla position or go position five minutes before mm-hmm. well I, I get it the guy hasn't been here for a while we don't know if he can even put one foot in front of the other mm-hmm. you have 20 minutes early hmm. and this is a short story all of a sudden i get to 20 to say oh you got to go all the way across the other side of the superdome because stephanie's busy in makeup and you got to do a press conference i watch in the press conference and there were more photographers than I'd seen in a week hmm. in the Superdome, Andre this and Andre that, and it really is a memorial battle royal, and is this gonna be every year, and what was he like, and how heavy was he, and was he a nice guy, and did he really drink, and da 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 da, da. Andre, da, 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 da. Go, go back to the go position, go to the go position. That's what's going on. I see Stone Cold and the Rock over there. What What's going on? Oh, no, you're fine, just go on out there. So I go out to the ring, you know, and, Hey, everybody, thanks for being here WrestleMania 30. It's awesome being here in the silver number, whatever I said. Yeah, yeah. My mind was so far gone from talking about Andre and seeing Stone Cold in the rock in the so corner. So you didn't know
0: that this was a, this no, wasn't a planned segment?
3: No, and all of a sudden, I go out to the ring and do my thing, and standard vince here comes Stone Cold, mm-hmm. comes right on my face, you know, here it is, you know. I'm not a mark anymore, right. but he gets in my face and goes, you know, it's kind of like saying, hey, everybody, aren't you happy to be here in New Orleans, Louisiana? Yeah. He gets right in my face. He goes, hey, does anybody here want me to see you put a can of whip ass on Hulk Hogan? What do you think's going to happen? Right. And I'm looking at him, mm-hmm. not responding, but just waiting to take it all in and then reply correctly. Mm-hmm. Ah, I'm just kidding. We're just out here to, you know, to tell Hulk Hogan how much respect I have for you. I was like, okay. you know? but it's just one of those Vinceisms. So yeah. I will back to WrestleMania 3. Was it another Vinceism? Was it him and Andre mm-hmm. together? Was it them actually seeing what I was made of after all these years? What was it, you know? Was it
0: just Andre not wanting to know what to do, you know? I
3: don't know. But Vince says, the thing that has me is Vince said, you're going to be okay out there. Mm-hmm. Like he knew something. Mm. And then Andre goes, don't worry, you know? Were they just stringing me out, Wonder, just screwing right? yeah. me one last time? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, what was it, you know? Vince's Jedi mind you tricks. Know, Kurt Angle go stretch Hogan for the first five minutes. Hogan would go out in WrestleMania. 30. Oh, no, don't worry about what they're doing. There. What? what? Well, know? I
0: mean, that's, you know, and Vince also, too, would also subtly plot guys against each other. I know he did that with me and Triple H for years in the early 2000s because it made for better matches. Sean and Brett, perfect example. They were friends. Yeah. Suddenly they hate each other, want to yeah. kill each other. Don't think that the master of puppets wasn't pulling some strings there no, it's, somehow. It's, you know, he's the best man. It's amazing, right? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I, who knows?
3: Yeah, yeah. That's but,
0: the way it went. You know, so many great WrestleMania moments and matches. Another, another one that I love. I mean, obviously, the, the, the Macho Man, Mega yeah. Powers, w- it was amazing. Um, was that something where you guys were kind of was, was were, you, were you straightforward with each other there? Was there ever any heat between you guys there? Or was at that point you guys working great together?
3: Um, for years randy and i were tied at the hip. best of friends right yeah once we became friends we did everything together we had mm-hmm. a blast we you know just uh everything i mean he lived down the beach from me is like i saw him every single day when we were home mm-hmm. worked out together every day um just did everything together and uh he was a guy i loved working with because, you know, his gimmick was 24-7. He was always on. That was his real voice. Yeah, yeah. his real voice. <laughs> Elizabeth was perfect. Yeah. You know? I mean, the first night I met Randy, when they came in Poughkeepsie, Vince goes, Hey, look at this new guy. He had some raggedy-ass jeans on with patches, and a leopard get a headband turned sideways. And mm-hmm. He goes, What do you think? Said, oh, it's the girl's manager. I said, If the girl's with him, we can make this work. You know? <laughs> and, you know, Randy was probably, I don't know, 185, 90 pounds the oh, first really? time I saw Smaller. him. Smaller. Yeah. So, I mean, you know. Maybe 200, but, I, you know, mm-hmm. we just clicked. And he was great, and everything went really well. And then when that whole Elizabeth thing, when she left, you know, it was me and my wife's fault. Mm-hmm. And it all went downhill. And thank God, before he passed away, we got to re reconnect. Yeah, we did. That's cool. Yeah, it freaked me out too, man, because after all those years, be a man, Hogan, I'm going to beat you up. I mean, we had a little run in at Universal. You know, but he wasn't feeling well. You know,
0: uh, was it a TNA thing or was it? Yeah, I was
3: it okay. a TNA? Dixie Carter wanted to talk to me, and I wasn't working anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I just drove over there. Mm-hmm. You know, I had Brian Knobs in the car with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I drove over there, and all of a sudden we saw Scott Hall walking up. He goes, "Hey, Hogan, mm-hmm. matches in there. What are you going to do about it?" I'm like, "Okay, Scott." And I hadn't <laughs> seen Randy other than he'd been threatening me, and he put out a rap album, and yeah, yeah. you know, whatever. So when I walked inside. You know, this is before we got along. When mm-hmm. I walked inside, he had Kevin Nash with him. And he had his bodyguard Brian Adams with him. Mm-hmm. There was a big cheese plate of food there on the table. And I said, "Hey, Mach, what's up? You know, I got nothing but love for you. You know, I'm gonna put my hand on hey, You, Hogan. Mm-hmm. I said, well, brother, if you feel that way, why don't you take me outside and beat my ass like you've been telling everybody you're gonna do?'" And he didn't move, and I realized, you know, last time I saw him was Spider-Man 290 or 285. Yes. And then I saw him, and he was really thin, he mm-hmm. really thin. He had on leather pants with a leather hat and a leather duster, and he was all covered up. And you know, I looked down his legs, and about the size of my forearms, I could tell he'd lost a lot of weight. And when he didn't get up, I just sat there and ate his cheese plate.
2: <laughs> and just,
3: <laughs> and I, I just was figured, you know, he he's just working, There was was work, and he's mad at me still. Mm-hmm. And, and I kind of let it go. And then, you know, we weren't friends forever and weren't friends forever. And one day I was in the middle of my seventh or eighth back surgery and I couldn't pass an EKG. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there with my new wife, Jennifer. And you know how there's a doctor's table with paper on it? And there's a couple of small chairs that sit in me and Jennifer sitting in the chairs. and want to sit on the table. And dude, the door busted open. Oh, yeah, what's up, brother? said of nowhere. Just macho, just walked in. He looked vibrant. His mm-hmm. eyes were lit up, and he was like he was about 235 or 240, really healthy, you know, and he had a wedding ring on his finger. And I said, oh, I said Randy, mm-hmm. um, this is my wife Jennifer. And she goes, hi, Mr. Macho Man. You know, she's not a wrestling fan. She yeah. didn't know who he was at the time. And we just got married, and uh, I said, wow, I see you got a wedding ring. Oh, yeah, brother, I married my high school sweetheart, and everything's cool. I said, wow, that's awesome. He was super nice to me, you know, and Jennifer didn't know anything. You know, she goes, hey, Mr. Macho Man, um, you know, we're having a cookout today at the house, and Terry's got three or four of his lawyers over there. How'd you like to come Well, I don't want to be around any lawyers, but maybe we could start with a phone call, yeah. you know? And that was the beginning of it, you know? And then we talked a couple times, and his mom was having some problems since his dad passed away, and I was on an independent show with Lanny somewhere in Canada. Mm-hmm. And we called Randy and said, hey, man, you know, we're home in a couple days, and Let's have a big cookout over at your mom's house, you know, and everything. we plan it. And he passed away before we, we could do oh, it. Oh, man. Yeah.
0: Isn't it amazing yeah. when you think back to those days, like the younger days, like what the hell were we so angry at each other for? You know, everybody was so mad. Not everybody, but you have,
3: you well, know. It, people change and we've all yeah. grown up. And I know I'm getting off track with this, but I got to no, say no, no, this. No. The thing with the lawyer was just, was killing me, you know, because. What's the lawyer? The ultimate warrior. Ultimate warrior. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Because the last time I saw the warrior. mm mm-hmm. I had a plane at the time when we were working for uh, Turner. Actually, yeah. Turner would put the gas on the door, I <laughs> It was the only way I could afford it. But, you know, the warrior had flown back with me to Tampa, and instead of going home to Phoenix, he hung out at my house for a couple of days. He was in the pool with my kids, hanging out mm-hmm. with Nick and Brooke. It was just so gracious, unbelievable. And then we had that little thing with the self-destruction of the ultimate warrior when he called me as a witness, and I just told the truth, mm-hmm. you know, and everything went downhill. And I hadn't seen the Warrior forever. And then I saw all the YouTube stuff, you know, that was said about me and kind of just let it go, you know, because I'm in a different place and, you know, forgave myself first for whatever contribution I may have had to any mm-hmm. of this negativity and forgave him. And everything's cool. I couldn't wait to see him. Then when I go to WrestleMania, I get orders from, you know, Triple H and Vince, don't talk to him.
2: That,
0: this year at WrestleMania 30? Wow.
3: Yeah, don't talk to him let him get through this weekend we want him to have a good time we don't want any problems I, says, well, I told Triple H I said well just hate me mm-hmm. I said he said stuff about like Kevin Nash and you and, mm-hmm. and you know so <laughs> and Triple H said they had already made up and I you know I didn't know what was going on right and so then the night of the Hall of Fame they put me right in front of the podium and I told Triple H I said bro this is not cool you know <laughs> right and Stone holes on one side I said brother this, you know, <laughs> this ain't cool man you know yeah and so he came out and did his thing and You know, I respected their wishes, didn't say anything. And then the next day at WrestleMania, that Superdome was so big. Mm -hmm. Halfway through the day, I got bored. And me and Nick jumped on a golf cart and had a guy drive us around. Yeah. And we rode by a guy in a suit. I'm like, whoa, stop. And it was a warrior in a three-piece suit. And he had his eyes closed. He was kind of doing this, you know.
0: Moving back and forth.
3: Yeah. And I don't know what his deal was, but he had his eyes closed. And he was kind of like doing that. And I jumped off the golf cart, and, you know, I can't run, but I kind of trotted up to see him. And, you know, when I started to walk up, he was going, no, no, no. I said, no, man, I'm cool. Mm. I said, I'm cool. I don't know what the no meant, but I said, I'm cool. And he said, bro, I love you. I said, man, I just want to start over. And I said, I want to apologize. Anything that I did, mm-hmm. please forgive me, bro. I mean, I, I don't know what the deal is. If we can be friends, it'd be unbelievable. If we can do business, I'd even be better. And that darn WWE camera slid around the corner. No, it was cool. Yeah, okay. And I didn't know the camera was the, – because they had a camera on it all the time. I didn't, sure, I didn't, sure, I sure, didn't, sure. I didn't think about that. And so they caught me telling him, you know, trying to make up with him, but I'm so glad I stopped that golf cart. To say that to him. Yeah, and the first thing I did was I went back to the gorilla position. First person I ran to was Triple H. said, hey, brother, i got to tell you, I just saw the Warrior, and I stopped and talked to him. Mm-hmm. But it's cool. I said – Did he look
0: say it. anything to you, Warrior? Yeah, guess, he goes,
3: oh, Terry, you know, I mean, I don't know if it's on the tape or not because I haven't seen the whole tape. But he goes, oh, Terry, I just don't know, you know, with everything I've been through, you know, are you really telling the truth? And what mm-hmm. about all the people that supported me? I said, Jim, all those people that support you are supporting a lot of stuff that wasn't true that you mm-hmm. said about mm-hmm. me. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that was said that wasn't true. I said, this is about you and me, brother, and what's, what's real, you know. And I don't know how much of that is on the tape because I saw the camera zip yeah, around. Yeah, of course. But the good thing was I got to talk to him. And, uh, you know, it, it was really cool. And Vince was okay with it because everything was cool. And then the very next night, SmackDown, I'm in the ring with Daniel Bryan. And we're doing the gimmick and we're doing the yes thing. And I come out of the ring... And, you know, when you come out of a girl position, you know, the guys are standing there, they say, hey, good job, or they don't mm-hmm. say nothing to you, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I came out of the ring, and all of a sudden, Vince is standing there, just staring a hole through me, you know. And all of a sudden, I, saw, I did something I never do. I went, like, call me. You know, put mm-hmm. my hand like I'd never do that. Mm-hmm. Hey, call me, you know. Mm-hmm. Like a girl in the war. Hey, yeah, call, you know? call me. Yeah, I did that to Vince, and I walked out with Jimmy. And we got halfway back. I said, something's weird. I said, something's wrong. I told Jimmy, I'm going back to talk to Vince. I went back to Vince. And he was sitting down now, and I stood up and I said, hey, man, is everything cool? You know, he goes, look, I've got some really horrible, i got something really, really, really bad to tell you. I'm thinking it's a Vince thing, you know, like, we're going to put the belt on you, <laughs> yeah. or you won the lottery. Right. You know what I mean? I figure here comes the, you know, the yeah, deal. This Patterson's way. hiding out with a clown mask on. <laughs> and he goes, no, sit down for a minute. I said, he goes, nobody knows yet, but Jim just passed away. I said, what? Hmm. And he said, yeah, I got... Triple H got a call and put me on the phone. And while you're in the ring, I just get, I guess, please don't say anything to anybody. So, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, him and I were in the car Mm -hmm. and and it came on the radio like a half hour later, you know, but it was weird. Thank God I got to talk to. Yeah. It's amazing because there's
0: a lot of people that said that over that weekend. I know I had Jake on the show months ago and he said that he had some closure with him as well after years of heat.
3: Well, the whole thing with Kevin with With Nash. Yeah, he hmm. said a bunch of crazy stuff about Kevin. Mm-hmm. You know, not the same as what went down on me, but a lot of crazy stuff about Kevin. I actually got in a,
0: a challenge. Yeah, a yeah. oh, challenge. that's right. Yeah, 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 I'll fight you. I'll meet you on the yeah. street for seventy-five grand or whatever. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And if if you touch me before a year of MMA training, and just all this. Yeah. You're know, the yeah. fighter not. I don't know what yeah. the deal was, but so Kevin told me that he made peace with him too. So, thank God I got to. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. Because I think my favorite Hogan match is, is you versus Warrior at WrestleMania. Yeah. It was a great, great match. It was yeah. such a, an amazing
3: moment. So it's good that you are able yeah, to have that. That's cool. That, 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 and, you know, know for that. me, I knew that match was going to get me over more than ever. Mm-hmm. Because they wouldn't want me to do a job for anybody. Mm-hmm. I knew as soon as I did a job for somebody, people would get behind. We It's a baby face. Yeah. My God. Sympathetic baby yeah, face, right? Finally. Yeah. You know, it's like, my God, you know. It worked. Now they I think asked you, me if I had any problem with the finish. I said, no, just tell me what we're doing next. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, that's my question is what's next it's, always. What's the story? Yeah. Yeah, I you know? see that
0: too. Uh, you mentioned it earlier on, and I know that we've been going on oh a long time, but um, you mentioned being a heel in the NWO. Yeah. When you left Vince and, and went to sign with, with WCW, you were babyface for a while. And it was okay. But when you turned heel there, that was the – Hugest shot in the arm for the business, for Hulk Hogan, for WCW, for everybody. Was it hard to convince yourself to finally go heal, or was it something you were waiting to do?
3: All right, let me straighten out some verbiage you just said. (laughs) Please do. When you went to WCW, you know, you were babyface for a while, it was okay. It was okay for just a little while, Mm -hmm. you know, because we were just coming off that craziness in New York, the Mm -hmm. steroid trial.
0: Right, and that's what led to you leaving was all that stuff. Well, it wasn't, yeah, it
3: was kind of like, and I had split from wrestling for a couple of years. Right. And Thunder I was doing paradise, paradise. And movies. Yeah, and I was just doing my thing and not knowing what was going to happen with me in wrestling. Mm-hmm. And uh, Vince had pretty much, you know, and he said it on a couple. I've been watching the WWE Network lately. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. And he said it on a couple of the shows that he pretty much thought that Hulk Hogan had peaked and we had got as much mileage as we could out of the Hulk Hogan character. Right. I had a different opinion. Yeah. I want to turn a heel to a Warrior match the next Monday Night Raw after the pay-per-view. You know, mm-hmm. I want to turn a heel then. Mm-hmm. I had this Hollywood Hulk Hogan idea back then. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I want I want to turn a heel then. But, you know, Vince had this vision. And, and then when we got to, you know, the end of my run, he basically, you know, after the Okazuna thing and all the craziness with Brett and all that insanity, he, uh, he pretty much, on these videotapes I've been watching on the network, says, you know, I pretty much figured Hulk Hogan and the character was done. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, it's not. In my mind, I said, I know if they let me turn heel, training, prayers, and vitamins, I did it for that money. I knew what would happen. (laughs) So when I went to the WCW, when he said the baby thing was okay, it was only okay for a minute. Mm -hmm. Because as soon as I won the belt from Flair, I could feel, I'd go out every night, I could hear the booze, you know, and the booze. you know, the sign would be that we love Hulk And the next sign would be, did you take your shot today? You know? That's <laughs> what I mean. It was starting yeah, to turn. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: okay, I meant it was like yeah. it was an okay reception. Yeah, okay. From uh, the fans. Yeah, I didn't
3: understand. I didn't want people yeah. to think it was okay because it really wasn't. Oh, no, I meant okay, like okay, so-so. Yeah, okay. so. All right, I get it. All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. So-so. Yeah. And we ran with it for a while. And then I started doing some of those low-budget movies again and, and disappearing because I was kind of like, yeah, you know. Didn't know for sure. And man. then Eric, you know, um come up with this NWO gimmick, and, you know, he uh, was talking about bringing Hall and Nash in, you know, and I was like, oh, God, I just don't know, and I kept putting Eric off, and I put Eric off, and then I saw Scott come in, and I went, whoa, you know, because I wasn't actually watching TV, I was mm-hmm. on some trailer in County Four, California, <laughs> doing two back-to-back low-budget movies. And, Suburban uh,
0: Command is an awesome movie, by the way.
3: I it love it. that, that way. one. It was Secret Agent Club okay. and uh, Santa with Muscles. <laughs> Two real high-end blockbusters. <laughs> I love Suburban Command. That's a great. I like it. Was, it. I think it's a really Roy, good movie. DeVall, yeah. yeah, he's awesome. But anyway, you know, I kind of like saw um, Razor come in, and I really didn't dial into it. But the next week, I think it was the week after, or a couple weeks later, I saw Nash come it was in. It the
0: next week, yeah.
3: Or was it? One after another. Yeah, well, as soon as I saw Nash come in, and I saw what they were doing. How Eric, when this is where the big boys play, and when they walked, Eric did this mm-hmm. to the camera. And it was like just, shooting, like cut it yeah, off. Yeah, cut it off. Yeah. I went. <laughs> I'm your third guy. Mm-hmm. It was that quick. Was
0: that I, always the plan? Like we want you to be number three. Yeah, yeah. yeah but so I knew.
3: wouldn't. I wouldn't commit to it because gotcha. I want to be healed by myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be part of a group. You know what I mean? But when I when it when it wasn't Scott turning heel. And it wasn't Kevin Nash turning heel. It was more like the Marx thought it was a shoot that WWE guys were coming in, right? And when I saw them, they didn't, they, they didn't, you know, expose that fourth or fifth curtain, whatever the words are. <laughs> yeah, fifth and hole. they didn't say that they worked there and they were signing a contract. It looked like WWE talent was coming in. I went, I'm the WWE yeah. guy. You can't <laughs> have Sting or anybody else do this. I'm the ultimate yeah. WWE guy. Let me do this. It was perfect. But, oh yeah, and it just opened up a whole canvas. It just, you know, everything I learned from watching Patterson and Ray Stevens and all these guys just backpedaling and being cowards. And it just, it all worked. It just opened the door for me to be the.
0: It didn't just work, it was a phenomenon.
3: Yeah. It It was was as much of a phenomenon as Hulkamania was in 86, 87. Yeah, but everything I watched from the time I was a kid, from the best heels, you know, everything. I could steal something from everybody, and it worked. Mm-hmm. I mean, every week I could steal something else, yeah. and it worked. You know, and it was just—it was so easy. It was fun, you know.
0: Yeah, like you said, just the, the, the rare art of backing off. Yeah, because you know, that was a problem with Hall and Nash. They were cool heels, I called them. When you worked with them, it was tough because they would come out there, and you know, somebody would say something, Scott would go, Ooh, and they wouldn't really be heels. But I thought that you were the third guy in that gang that actually would show
3: some like heelishness. Well, that's what I was trying to explain to Scott about, mm-hmm. you know, I don't mind this, but if I'm hulking up, and you go, and then you're f***ing with right. the money, you know. And that's what they would do. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's not cool, because mm-hmm. not only are you shooting yourself in the foot, you know, I'm out here away from home and away from the beach, brother, you know, <laughs> I, I should be making money. But anyway, we, we had we had some wars about that, and I was ignorant, too, because I didn't know what the wolf pack was. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I heard the word wolf pack, mm-hmm. you know, I'm all over it, man, so... Kevin and Scott are in there talking about the Wolfpack. and not knowing what the click was or mm-hmm. the Wolfpack. I was out making movies. I, and all of a sudden, I show up and say, hey, look at this new airbrush shirt. I had Hollywood's Wolfpack. You know, <laughs> Scott and Kevin looked at me. <laughs> They didn't say anything to me, but I can imagine what they said when I walked yeah, sure. out. No, so yeah. I I was a heat seeking missile. Sure. You know? Yeah, yeah. But there was the But thing- I was all over it trying to get shirts going and you know, I was all over it, man. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of different
0: factions there in WCW like coming in when I did. You know, I hang out with my guys and but there was like, you know, Eric would have a room and you'd have a room and Macho would have a room and Hall and Nash would have a room and Luger would be over here and Sullivan would be over there and it's like, who are we supposed to talk to? Like who's
3: It was brutal dude? You know,
0: WCW or WWE Vince is the boss. Done. Yeah. W- WWC, w- we weren't really too sure exactly yeah. who the boss was. You know, when you say yeah. it was brutal, how do you mean?
3: Well, it was brutal because, and I love Eric to death, and I, te- yeah, yeah. I tease him about this all the time. I said, "You're a- you're a-, a freaking mark." <laughs> you know, you 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 know, you traded in your executive hat and you became talent. But if you knew now what's new then, you would have kind of like back a little bit because you know he gets so into the NWO thing. The thing that killed me was. The buzzkill thing. Oh, we got to wrestle tonight? Buzzkill. I'd Mm -hmm. rather talk to Russell. Hey, yo, Kev, I didn't bring my gear tonight. What? Yeah. And I I was like, whoa, stop. You know, and so we kind of like, you know, between Kevin and Scott and me, we all had like different viewpoints of what should be done. You Mm -hmm. know, and they had the cool thing and the K-Dog thing and, you know, all that stuff. But that doesn't translate out there, you Mm -hmm. know. You know, so it was kind of like. Then I started, instead of coming to every nitro, I started looking at my contract. It was like, hey, I'll come to every second one or third one. <laughs> and, man, when I would go away for a couple weeks, I'd walk in and go, what is going on? It was like, you know, then those, then Kevin and, and Scott were telling Eric what to do. So it got crazy, but you're it right. Was, it was yeah. brutal. Yeah. And you then know? also,
0: to end up, it kept, kept expanding. From you three and the sun, there's like, yeah. you know, Virgil's in there. And there's like 15 guys in there. A couple of luchadors are in there. It just kept growing. Like, what, like, the focus kind of started getting lost. Yeah. You know? you got crazy. Actually, one of my favorite the Hogan moments was when um, I don't know exactly why he did this when Jay Leno came to Sturgis and wrestled. Yeah, I think the opening spot he puts you like in an armbar. Yeah, and you stayed in it for like a minute. I'm like, what is he doing? Next day. Front cover of every yeah. newspaper.
3: Well, I went to every camera guy. You four did, man. Yeah, yeah. You
0: knew exactly what was going on there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was cool. Uh, what do you think the, the I mean, WCW was so popular, so big, beating WWE, and then a few years later kind of just went down, and, and, and Vince ended up buying it for the ultimate screw job. But what do you think the demise of, of WCW was?
3: Well, before I talk about that, I was in Oakland after the WrestleMania 31 announcement. Mm-hmm. I was coming from Santa Clara to San Jose. Oakland's in there somewhere, crossing the bridge. Yes. Oh, I know what it was. I had to go from Frisco to the Golden State Warriors game where they played the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. And I pull up to the light, and I see all these gangbangers on the corner, and they can see me, and I'm riding in the front seat of the car. And they go, hey, Hulk, Hogan, Hollywood. WCW. WCW. <laughs> Wow! Now, look at these guys. They still don't know it's the WWE. and They, they hit, remember? Yeah. yeah, they remember Hollywood. And that's all they tagged. us. oh, look, it's Hollywood for WCW. I'm like, <laughs> kind of blew my mind. What was the question? I'm sorry. I oh,
0: was just saying, what do you think the overall demise was of WCW going from the peak to sort of losing uh, steam so quickly? I think the
3: overall, if I look, it wasn't Kevin. It wasn't Scott. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Eric. I think the overall demise was, if you want to look at the real big picture with broad strokes, it was too many people in the NWO they kept it like mentioned. the Shield, yeah. yeah. you know, like you mentioned too many people, if they'd have kept it like the Shield and mm-hmm. did what they did with the Shield now mm-hmm. and actually, you know, put some freight on all three guys or four guys with X-Pac, you know, but when you put Luger in there and Sting in there and Conan and
2: That's Macho, yeah.
3: and, you know, I think it could have been more than three, but I think what I've watched lately, how they've done the Shield, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's because that was the plan or because guys are getting hurt or whatever it is, it's working, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, I think something along those lines would have been better. I think that was a single demise oh, yeah. of, of the whole. Watering tournament. it down to yeah. where, like
0: we said, I mean, and yeah. nothing against the guys they are very talented, but you know, you see like Brian Adams in there and Silly Mike right. in and there. And then you bring
3: Horace Hogan in there and, and Brutus. And, yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, we killed it. Nasty boys. Yeah. I was like, we Everybody's in it. We the NWO,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. We killed it. So, uh, you know, it took a few years, but, but you mentioned now you're back in the WWE and it's, it's where you should be. I mean, you, you, you no matter where you go, WCW, TNA, and these other places, you'll always be a WWE guy. You you helped yeah. create the what WWE is. Now that you're back in, I know they have you come in and out, do different things. What, what do you think of the company nowadays and which guys are you looking at and go, that guy's pretty good, that guy's got a future?
3: Well, I look at it now, you know, since it's sports entertainment, mm-hmm. you know, and it's really sports entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll we have the Muppets on one week and Grumpy the Cat. Grumpy the Cat. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's really sports entertainment, and I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I understand the numbers, I understand the ad buys, the sponsors. I totally get it. it's a business.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, and now wrestling has become the the foundation or the base to capitalize off other of, sports entertainment is what they call mm-hmm. it. It's bigger than ever, mm-hmm. more powerful than ever. It's the almighty, all powerful. Vince, who's got this vision that nobody has, such as oh, you should turn Cena heel, he should do what Hulk Hogan did. You know what? It's not being done. And even though that would be a great idea from you or from me or from all the fans that say, he should do what Hulk Hogan did, be Hollywood Cena or turn heel. Believe me, whatever Vince Vince's idea is for not doing it's much better than ours. Yeah. Because he's proven yeah. that he has the long vision. We may think, oh, it'd be great to turn heel now. Cena heel now. But Vince is thinking 10 years mm. down the road. Mm-hmm. He's so far ahead of what we're thinking about. So Still I,
0: a legitimate genius in this business. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, you know.
3: Not missing a step. I mean, as of being around him in the last few weeks, in business situations, in legal situations, and personal situations, he's the same two Vinces. He's the personal guy that is your friend. Mm-hmm. Above all, we will give you the shirt off his back. And with business, he's sharper than anybody I've ever met. Mm-hmm. That guy's a true genius. So he hasn't changed a bit. He's just gotten more uh street cred he's definitely got a lot of, he's got a lot of miles on his belt he's got to figure it out you know he's got a bigger vision than he had even back then
0: yeah right yeah, right it
3: really, he's got a bigger vision now than ever and so um at the end of the day the business now it's self-sufficient i mean you don't have to depend on a whole
0: you don't need a face day. of the company Yeah. Right? yeah the,
3: the company is so big now and it moves so fast Everything's in fast-forward speed because there's so many choices in the entertainment business, mm-hmm. the internet and digital and cable and satellite and reality TV, and this, and that, and the other. And mm-hmm. there's so many choices that when you call yourself the ultimate sports entertainment company and you're bigger than NBC, you're mm-hmm. bigger than the networks, you're bigger than the NFL, Vince, you know, is ahead of everybody. And I just think things move faster. Just like if you and I were argue today instead of wrestling the Royal Rumble, we'd wrestle at the end of the hour. You know? <laughs> Yeah, that's right. You yeah. Know, it just moves so fast. You <laughs> yeah. Know? So that's the biggest changes I've seen. And um, because things move faster, I've seen a lot more injuries. Mm-hmm. You, know, um, you know.
0: Well, that's the thing. You talked about yourself with eight back surgeries. I'm sure it might even be more and all the knee surgeries you had and stuff like yeah. that. And you mentioned your, your, your secret in when you were working all these times was staying on the ground and, and not leaving your feet, not jumping off the top rope. Yeah. That's a nightly thing now for most of the top guys, all the bumps that they're
3: taking. Uh, and so. before it was a finish, now there's several high spots, really right. good, you know. And so I mean, you know, I put from whatever it was, I don't know if I put 25 years in or 30, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was now. I'm so confused. <laughs> but um, you know, to have nine back surgeries and to have both knees replaced and both hips replaced, you know, I just tell everybody, you know, you can say it's uh predetermined, but, you know, please don't say the word fake. Oh, I, saw, I hate that word. Yeah. It's, it's just, show it's, business, Yeah, but. it's just not a word that even works, mm-hmm. you know, because you've got guys that get hurt every day. So if it was fake, I wouldn't be sitting here with all <laughs> yeah, these that's surgeons, Right. That's right. You know, but it it's moves faster now.
0: Are there some guys that you like when you see the show?
3: Well, you know, it's like there are a lot of guys I like, you know, and I just, I just you know, I can't get by the John Cena thing because he's my favorite mm-hmm. because I know the schedule he's on. This you guy. know what it what Oof. it is to be a John Cena. He's the horse. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first time we were all on Vince's plane and we were going to do Good Morning America, and it was like four or five in the morning. We were landing in New York, mm-hmm. and we, you know, we're talking a lot. Uh, I told Vince, "This is your horse," and of course, Vince knew that. Duh. <laughs> but you know, I just know the schedule he's on. You know, I would never, ever, ever, ever say Cena sucks unless it was a wrestling angle. Mm-hmm. You know. And when I see what he does, and he's a good guy, which Thank is guy. mind-blowing. Yeah. He's a great guy. And when I see what he does above and beyond, you know, mm-hmm. I know what it's like to see a kid that's sick or dying every night. Mm-hmm. I really do. And it can it can rattle your head, man. It can, it can get to you. And he's done it more than anybody now. Mm-hmm. For a while, I had that medal. But he's put more time in and seen more kids and been more places than I have. So he's the number one guy. And then you know to volunteer every year to go see the troops, mm-hmm. and then when he's here to go to the hospitals, right? You know, and I mean, so yeah, you know, he's my guy. He's he's you know the he's guy the that, you- that I that I respect the most. Not more than the other guys, but he's he's paved that way so these guys can jump on his back and get over. You know, and they all, I see everybody getting the Cena rub. Everybody's getting the Cena rub. A lot of people used to get the red and yellow rub. Now everybody's getting the Cena <laughs> rub. You know, I see everybody using Cena in some way or another to be a pivotal point. Mm-hmm. And he's he's the horse, man. And then, you know, that whole shield thing, guys get hurt, you know. People quit. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> people go off and do other projects, you know. and And, you know, sometimes people coming in and out can hurt you. You know, sometimes guys just quitting can hurt you, you know. And then having a couple injuries out of nowhere can hurt you, but to see these guys and the Shields step up, you know, um, Roman Reigns, bang, just got hurt out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. I know he'll be back soon. He's going to be over like a million Mm -hmm. dollars. And to see um, Dean Ambrose all of a sudden step up.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: It's out of nowhere almost. uh, Step up and start getting over on his own. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: I mean, you know, they gave him the football, but they gave a lot of guys the football. And all of a sudden, he gave the football, and this kid's running with it, and he's getting over. And whether he's the the poor man's Piper or ten times, million times better than Piper, or not even like Piper, but the crazy thing and the awful, the, he's getting the fans with him, you know. And to see Bray Wyatt come up, mm-hmm. and you know, knowing
0: exactly how to work his character. Which oh is my so God! As you would know. Oh my
3: God! When I found out he was Rotundo's kid, I felt like an idiot. <laughs> you know, I was like, <laughs> Yeah, well, like, he's third generation, Yeah, man. Was, man. I said, dude, wow, what a dummy. Walt Mulligan's grandson. I, 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 mean, I was, yeah. was turn on the TV to watch Bray Wyatt. You know, <laughs> you know, and, and just all uh, you know, Seth Rollins stepped up, man. So mm-hmm. it's amazing to see how fast these guys had to, to get there. Yeah. I had eight or nine years to kind of halfway figure it yeah, out. Yeah, absolutely. You know,
0: yeah, they're getting thrown out there with three yeah. or four years' experience and expecting to run the show. Yeah. Could, could you, would you uh, do another, another match?
3: I don't know. I don't know. Um,
0: Physically, is it is it possible? Is that what you're saying? You don't know for mentally?
3: I could have one with you right now. Well, that's Yeah, we totally could. Oh, I know I could. I yeah. could have a match with you right now. Yeah, I agree. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, simply after being in the ring with you, you would... I know... We could pretty much do what we did before, mm-hmm. you know. Couldn't drop the leg on you. That's all right. You know, you could, <laughs> kick f- at, you could kick out anyway. No,
0: no, you just go for it and I put you in the walls of Jericho. You that's right, it the ropes that's and right. you punch me in the face and beat That's me. right. No, I'd right. do that. You know. <laughs> Which,
3: a couple more questions, Zach. No, to answer that question, yeah. I'm actually training. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to be the main event somewhere, somehow. <laughs> um, you know, it took me a couple years just to, to get to a day, you know, where I – could drive a car across the, or you know i had a hard time walking from here to the door mm-hmm. but now i can power walk through airports and it took a while for everything to settle in and you know the, the nine back surgeries over a two-year period it took me a while to get on my feet and no matter what anybody says about dixie carter i'll never say a bad word about her because through all those surgeries she kept paying me yeah she gave me a job yeah. yeah brother so i mean you know i'll never say a bad word about her and you know at the end of the day you know To get back on my feet now, you know, I keep thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, could I do it? You know, and, you know, well, the belly's bigger than it was, and (laughs) the bozo ring's farther down than it was. And when I go out to talk about Susan G. Coleman's reaction there, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Can you do it? Yes. Can you give me somebody that's really over? Yes, Mm -hmm. to work with. You know, if I got to go out there and dig, no. Mm -hmm. But if they were to spoon feed me somebody that was really over?
0: As an attraction. Yeah, yeah
3: attraction. Like, you know, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I was thinking today on the way over here. I should probably quit talking, but I was thinking on the way here. I'm watching the storylines on how the authority is pumping Cena out, and you know how you know uh, you know the authority is going to Cena can't get anybody to join his team and be in the mark. I am. I go. Like, well, I'll tell you what. We're going to do Triple H, me and Sting <laughs> are joining Cena's team. What are you going to do about that?
0: But see, that's perfect. You wouldn't have to do anything. Just that's what be I'm saying. There.
3: Just give me the hot tag, brother. Yeah, get in there. You know, I'll ooh, throw a couple ooh, punches, Bigfoot, and ooh. tag somebody else. <laughs> yeah, Hulk up, hook up, hook up, up, Yeah, but I'm saying, you know, can I, could I? Yes, but it'd have to be something that was really thought through and something that uh, I couldn't be in the ring with somebody that really wasn't over. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it, it would just, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I don't mean that no, in I got a you. negative sure. way. Then for, your giant get, Bob will work in third match on
0: the card for no reason. Yeah, just I just mean, your if, you're,
3: if I was going to do it, there'd have to be a reason. Mm-hmm. And knowing Vince the way I know Vince. Like, the way this, they're pushing this Rusev kid, mm-hmm. you know? Anything. Yeah. I mean, something that, you know, otherwise, you know... Oh, there he is. Otherwise, yeah, yeah otherwise Hulk would, he... would go out there and it would be, eh, he yeah. shouldn't have wrestled that last match. We'd like to remember him the way You he don't was. want that, right? Well, oh, I've already done that a couple <laughs> times. <but laughs> what, what, what
0: is your favorite match if you had to choose one or two? Is, well, does one pop in your mind?
3: Yeah, it'd be Andre. Andre, yeah. WrestleMania 3. You know, right. and the second one would be the Rock match because I just didn't know what to expect. And, you know, I was... I had a ton of heat coming back, like, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. when they voted for me to come back in, not too many people wanted to see me show up. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and I was told, hey, you better bring it if you're coming back. Mm-hmm. And then said, you better bring it. I'm like, okay. And I just, uh, I just didn't feel real good about it. And, you know, when they wanted me to go rehearse the match with The Rock, I'm like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? And I said, yeah, okay, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. and then when Patterson was there and Rocky Johnson was there and me and The Rock were in the ring and I said dude I can't take any bumps here in this warehouse I'll never that'll be right, it. right 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 There's no, no fans way. no adrenaline yeah, and so when we started you know The Rock had this thing he wanted to do and it's kind of cool because his dad was like, listen to Hogan Rock you know his dad because <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm friends do. with his dad with Rocky and Patterson was there going oh Capace Hogan can you do it please can you do it of course I can do it Pat and to walk out is the first favorite match, but to walk out and just hear that crowd, you know, um, after I hit him in the head with a hammer, putting him in the ambulance, ran him over the summit, to hear that crowd still being loyal, those mm-hmm. Canadian fans, mm-hmm. they're loyal to a fault. It, it, that was a special deal. They said, yeah. you can't tell us who to hate. Who to love or who to cheer for or who to boo for. We're loyal. and that, that, They made a statement that
0: night. That's one of those matches. If you if you watch it with the sound down, it's yeah. cool. You watch it with the sound up, it's one of the greatest of all time. The crowd really got behind that match. Yeah. You said it was so loud and it was fun. vociferous and crazy. Um, last question you mentioned it earlier. Did you audition for Metallica? No. For bass, to play bass? No. Okay. That was just I, an urban myth? No. It's
3: oh, a halfway true story. Oh, let's I've it. told it a couple times. And it always comes back to me, Lars, Hogan, Lars, whatever, Lars.
0: I think Lars said that I might have been too wasted. It might have happened.
3: Whatever. Yeah. I was doing a, uh, a uh, award show in the U.K., mm-hmm. and I had a presenter. I mean, I was a presenter, right. and I had somebody with me. I had Jerry Hall with me, mm-hmm. Mick Jagger's girlfriend yeah. at the time. So we walked out, and it was an award show for comedy, and her and I presented whatever it was to whatever. So here I go, Hogan working his deal. I go in the back, and she just happens to open the floodgate that her kids are big fans. I said, let me tell you something. Anything you want, I'll sell, send you this, send you that. Of course, the next day, all the Hulk kind of was going to Mick Jagger's house, right? That's <laughs> great. And I said, by the way, I know the Stones need a bass player, and I know all their songs by heart. I said, I played music all through junior high, all through high school. I made a living for many years until I got in the wrestling business. If you ever need a bass player, I'd love to audition for the Rolling Stones. I'd have quit wrestling like that <laughs> yeah, right. to be in the Rolling Stones. Can you do the bass line and miss you? It's oh, pretty of course hard. I can. Oh, okay. Of course. <laughs> Please. Okay. And, uh, and, in, in your and, sleep, man. <laughs> and so anyway, center all the merchandise, bunch of ways to get a hold of me. Never heard a word back. Mm-hmm. Not a word. Fast forward a few years later, Metallica's looking for a bass mm-hmm. player. Dude, I sent an audition tape. Did you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What did you audition with? I had an old Fender Precision. Uh-huh. I had one of those little teeny uh,
0: – Those little practice amps. Yeah, one of those
3: little teeny things that sound like a fuzz box. Yeah. Amp, you know? And, and I turned it way down and turned the gain way up on the recorder, sent an audition tape. You just played just a little solo? Yeah, just play? a bunch of – played some Led Zeppelin stuff. Yeah. Played a couple old Stanley Clark songs, the old Chameleon stuff. <laughs> just, you know, just anything that made any sense. Right. And, you know, made phone calls – had my agent Peter Young make calls, get to the manager. Never heard back from him. Okay. But that story turned into, oh, why did he did my audition? Which I didn't. I just tried to get a phone yeah, call. No, you sent in some stuff. Yeah. You sent in a tape and some pictures, he was, the bass player of the big gut, yeah. forget about it, bro. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, my uh, God. Hill
0: Trujillo. Well, actually, Cliff Burton and Jason. Oh, my God. To, that's
3: some crazy stuff. Oh, my God. You know, he's an amazing player. Well, I heard the bass player. The guy with the long black yeah. hair. he looks I like heard, Roman Reigns. Yeah, when Robert. I heard him he play, I just went.
0: <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't take that yeah. I'll take that tape back. Yeah. Hulk man, it's great to talk oh, to you, you man. And I'm gonna say this too. You are the best guy with the fans that I've seen. Every time I'm around you, you're such an iconic figure, not just saying that to, to float your boat, but people come out of nowhere. Every person that comes you take a picture of them, you shake their hand, you give them their moment. And I never forgot that I try and emulate you. I have one hundredth of the fame that you have, but you're always great to the fans. And that's something that's very, very important. I want people to know this. It's really admirable.
3: Oh, thank you, bro. That's very yeah kind of you to say that. I mean, I try really hard, you know, and I can remember a few times where I had moments. Yeah, know? of course. And, but, uh, you know, um, I just try to be cool with everybody and At the end of the day, there's a lot of nice people out there. Mm -hmm. There really are. Sometimes people get excited or get crazy, but there's still really nice people. I I never forget that.
0: That's cool, man.
3: Yeah. Thank you, brother. Thank you, man. Yes, sir. At Bet365,
0: we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every
1: game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar.
0: Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks to Hulk Hogan. What an amazing two shows. I can't believe how much I learned about one of my favorite heroes growing up, an inspiration, one of the OGs in the wrestling world. Great conversation. Hulk even texted me and said, thank you so much. I'm getting so much love from social media. It's definitely a different side of the Hulkster. Uh, You've never heard him like this before, and he already asked me if he can come on this show again to talk about some more stuff, the more Kabuki-ish type things about the business, and I'd love to have him on. Also loved having Speewee on, my best friend. He's a total nutter. He's crazy. If you want to hear more Speewee, let me know at Talk is Jericho. At Spiwey, and once again, if you haven't checked out last week's podcast with Bruce Pritchard and Eric Bischoff, giving you a taste of what you're going to get January 25th in Philadelphia at Dave and Buster's in Columbus Avenue, you gotta go check it out. It's the Great Debate, debating the Monday Night Wars wcw versus wwe how it all went down from both perspective sides of the coin go check it out also i want you to listen to uh, jbl f- from last week snake sabo rich ward were amazing london is jericho paul stanley a great hundredth guest ryback ryback the WWE love ryback's podcast so much on talk is jericho that they actually uh, transcribed it and uh, gave, uh, him, had him do a, a summary version on Raw. Talk is Jericho, taking over the nation, man. i got so many great guests coming up. One of them, two of them, is going to be Bruce Pritchard, Eric Bischoff. I'm going to tape their show. I'm going to record it and give it to you right here on Talk is Jericho. Of the two of them going head-to-head about the Monday Night Wars, I will be there moderating it and uh, presenting it to you in a future Talk is Jericho. I'll be there in Philly January 25th at Royal Rumble weekend. It's going to be over in plenty of time. For you to make it to the Royal Rumble so you can do both. Show up at 10 a.m. There's going to be a Chris Jericho VIP signing, meet and greet, all that good stuff. Lots of stuff going on, man, as I take it to the streets to see all of you great Jericho holics and sexy beast talk as Jericho listeners. One last thank you to all you guys for doing your shopping through my Amazon links. I appreciate thought. It. It's the easiest way to support this show so that I can keep doing it for you for free for twice a week. You know how to find my Amazon links. I know you do. Stay with me now. Come on now. Podcast1.com. You click on the Keep our podcast free banner at the top of the page. Then click on talk is jericho you see all three of my amazon links uk usa and canada a hey, every time you do that amazon kicks back a little cash to the show so we can keep doing this for you for free for twice a week no extra fees or hidden charges you're just getting your shopping done and you help me on the process all right that's it after two great episodes another week of talk is jericho is done but in the meantime and in between time i want you to stay hard stay hungry peace love and hugs we'll see you next week next wednesday Another first-time-ever podcast guest. Another legendary figure uh, as iconic as Hulk Hogan but in a different field. I'm talking about rock and roll. I'm talking about heavy metal. I told you a couple months ago I went to an iconic musician's house. It's Lemmy from Motorhead. He doesn't do a lot of sit-down interviews. He invited me into his home, and we talked for over an hour and a half about everything rock and roll, heavy metal, 60s, 70s, 80s, drug use, drinking, girls, women, all that fun stuff, Lemmy. From Motorhead Who else will give you Lemmy Nobody Who else gives you Hulk Hogan Nobody Who else gives you Batista Triple H Paul Stanley Nobody Right here on Chris Jericho This is where the stars come And next week Lemmy's gonna be here To talk to you And I'm so excited We'll see you on Wednesday In a big Yeah boy You can download New episodes of Talk is Jericho Every Wednesday and Friday At
2: podcast1.com. That's PodcastONE.com